everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailflies TV. This is episode 189. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor's here too. Yeah, yeah. I'm still here. Not getting rid of me. So this is a, this is a comics podcast. We talk about DC Comics every week and coming up on this week's show we'll be discussing Batman 86, the start of James Tynan the fourth run. Uh, although he did say on Twitter this week that he gave us permission to say Tinian if I felt like it. But I'm, I'm so used to saying Tynan at this point I don't think I'm going yeah. back. But, but, but now it's, you won't feel too bad if you accidentally mess up. Yes, no, exactly. which Which also tells me that the friendliness of that and the response of it means that he's pretty aware. Oh, which yes. is real cool. Like, that, that's real cool. So we also have... Uh, well, actually, I didn't put these in the right order. <laughs> Way to go. Right. Yeah, one job. I'm just moving something down. I'm just moving something down. Just bear with me. It's kind of, honestly, it's kind of a weird week for books, actually, because it's not... It uh, is when I look at, you know, the books that I read. I'm like, this is weird. I don't, I don't know what to put second. Well, there's no clear order after the first one. Yeah, I think Batman is the only main DC book that I read that all of us read. This is weird. I think, yeah. Yeah, this is this is odd. very odd. Uh, uh, all right, so anyway, yeah, well, Supergirl thirty eight next. Uh, yeah, there and, you go. And then Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy number five. Then Batman: The Outsiders number nine. Hawkman twenty. Young Justice twelve. And then we get two Black Label books this week. Two Hellhouse books, in fact. Uh, we get Daphne Burn issue one and The Dollhouse Family number three. Yeah, it's a weird week. Well, it's a weird list of books actually, because like all the books after Batman are the sort of books that typically go in the middle. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't any, no, no Superman book. I mean, you can't Supergirl, but not like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but no Superman, no Flash, no Justice League. Right. You know, we're obviously not going to do Wonder Woman anyway, but you know, something like right. that. There's nothing else in the top tier, mm-hmm. yeah. as it were. But hey-ho, that's, that's the thing. We've got some news as well. Uh, we'll have some small talk, of course. Uh, and hopefully some of you checked out uh, previously in the multiverse, which started this past Wednesday. Yeah, these are Mad Men. Hey, Maniacs. It was, it's fun. It'll be better. It'll be more fun next time when the first issue of Flash isn't eighty pages. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll be uh, that'll be perfect. You say that the next issue is still like an annual, right? It's an annual, but that's like forty to fifty pages versus eighty. That's still an improvement. It's it's better, yeah. And Birds of Prey was like a sixty-page book going to a regular twenty-something page book, so that'll feel nice. Yeah, so yeah, uh, you know, usual week. Uh, more or less. I mean, odd list of books, but, you know, you, normal week. Things to be excited about. 2020's, you know, off this start. We got some mm-hmm. exciting news. Uh, Matt, you uh, had an interesting week. Anything you'd like to tell the, uh, share with the the, the people? Mm, not particularly. It was a very long week. It was the first week students are back at school. Uh. So... Yeah, this felt like two weeks, put into one week. Yes, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, yes. nothing, nothing except last week I had a. Did I tell you guys about what happened with the pigeon that kept getting into the building? Did you shoot it? It was like a. It was like a no. <laughs> that's what we do at work. Yeah, well, yeah, we we also work at a school where that's not allowed. <laughs> I work at an airport. You'd think it's also not allowed. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Yeah, but at least at no. an airport, there's tons of airport security. They're presumably carrying yeah. guns. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, uh, one of the doors kept getting left open because of air pressure. And every time I turn around, there's just pigeons just waltzing in. And it was almost like a sitcom at this point. Like I would leave and then come back and it was back in there. And I'm like, 
how the hell did you get in? I know I shut that door. Uh, and then I go to leave, and the last room I need to be in, damn bird, there it is again. So, so yeah, that was that was my last, you know. But yeah, no, I hate birds. As <laughs> one of my friends told me, he's like, "You're so weird. You love animals that could kill you, but animals that you could hurt, you you want to stay away from." I'm like, "Is that weird, or is that just you know, normal?" <laughs> like, I don't want to hurt creatures. That's, that's weird. That's... It's weird. like the the insinuation there isn't that you want to hurt the things. It's that it's that you could hurt them, so you've got no reason to be scared of them. So yes, but so you should be terrifying. Around. You don't choose your phobias, Connor. All right. I, I know. I know. I'm just saying that's why it's. I didn't. It doesn't make it not weird though. Yeah. No. So, like, I'm the same person that said, you know, there's this, uh, there's this tour that goes out in the Arctic where you take like a, a school bus that's on tank treads to go see the polar bears, and uh, the polar bears get up right up the window, and I'm like, part of me would really want to pet that polar bear on the head. The <laughs> other part of me is like, is it worth missing an arm? You're definitely gonna lose a hand. But... <laughs> yeah. But I petted a polar bear, <laughs> like, you know. Very, very so, briefly. Yeah, so, yeah. Also, I'd love to ride a moose. I think that'd be a thing I wouldn't mind doing. Uh, so my friend Talon looked at me and goes, I don't understand you sometimes. I think Pete just gave you that look as well. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, you wouldn't want to ride a moose? I get it. Who wouldn't want to ride a moose? Yeah. I don't think I've ever thought about a moose. Never mind thought about riding a moose. Yeah, moose are cool. Moose are majestic. <laughs> They are. <laughs> like, what do you want? What's the plural of moose? Mooses? Just moose? Meese? Meese. Uh, <laughs> I say just moose. You see those moose over there? Is it, is, is it like sheep? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same so, so, so word for plural is singular, I think. That would be my guess. Like deer. Same, same with deer. You don't say deers. It's just deer. Same, yeah. same animal. Or elk. I, 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 you say elks. Yeah, uh, you can say elk. It should be meese. Yeah. But yeah, your guys' word for... for elk is is usually you're referring to moose right or well. or mooses like when you guys say elk you usually mean moose um yeah. where we say elk it's a it's just a very large kind of a deer uh, i mean or is it the same kind of the same yeah but you know what i mean when i say moose right the big I'll, i don't think i've ever yeah, used yeah, the word elk before so i don't know how i use moose, it <laughs> moose are the ones with the, the flat antlers right yeah the yeah. big, big, wide, flat antlers, yeah. The, the, the rounded, flat ones. Yep. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. that's a moose. Okay. So I, I would never have called that an elk. Well, because there, there is a a the the great elk that that uh, roamed. I want to say the British Isles in Europe. That was massive, you know. But it was a moose. It wasn't an what? elk. Is this, yeah. is this like a proof of concept for Tim Whiteton screams after a minute into an owl show? Is just we're going to spend <laughs> ten minutes talking about fucking moose? It's not just moose, it's wildlife. It, it, it's a soft spot uh, in me. I were polar bears, to be fair. Yeah, several polar bears. Love polar bears. Pigeons <laughs> suck. Don't get me started on them. A feed for the polar bears. Yeah, I wouldn't do that to a majestic polar bear. They deserve much better. Oh, they deserve prime rib, do they? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> or seal, whatever, whatever they get their hands on. <laughs> you know. I'm sure they're just a prime rib. Uh, all right, uh, well... I should probably ask Connor equalness, like how his week was, but I, I'm scared to start another, another strand of that conversation. <laughs> I, well, I, I promise I will not talk about moose. <sighs> all right, in that case, Connor, how was your week? Um, yeah, it was all right. Well, it wasn't too bad this week. It was pretty light. Um, I watched a shitload of movies. Yeah, you did. Uh, I was like, worried that you've been replaced by Pete. I've, I've watched Pete a, 
terrifying amount of movies. I've, I, I've been trying to just see how many I could get watched. I'm on like it's it's like the eleventh now, and I'm on like seventeen or eighteen movies for the year. That is, yeah, that's pretty. I actually did watch a decent amount of movies this week. Uh, almost all of them for review purposes. Um, because Criterion are doing a sci-fi 70s month, so we're doing a, like extra stuff on the Ace to accommodate all these sci-fi 70s movies that are only there for one month, then they're leaving. Uh, <laughs> so that's the thing. Uh, so a, I watched a, one movie. There's a timer on it. Uh, but hey, I, I, I saw two excellent movies in the theatres this week. Yep. So, so did I. So, you know, that's good. Uh, yeah, so Jojo Rabbit being one of them and uh, 1917 being the other one. Uh, yep. Both well worth seeing. Uh, if you have a chance, I'm uh, uh, hoping to get to 1917 sometime think, next Connor? week. I saw Jojo Rabbit and Knives Out. Oh, Knives Out! Oh, Knives Out's pretty good though, right? Yeah, they're both great. Yeah. I saw them back back to back. That was a great day. So, so Johnson said that he is working on a on a follow up with Benoit Blanc. Yes, yeah, so the Knives Out cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm okay if if Blanc becomes like you know the American equivalent of like you know James Bond in terms of the franchise. Yeah. Where just keep oh, it going forever. Is that just because Daniel Craig plays it? No, no, no. <laughs> no, because keep it going forever. Just recast. Just keep it going. Well, I mean, you, or or you could have said Hercule Poirot too. I could have, because that's who he's but, clearly based on. Yeah, he's got the accent. No. He's. Cl- <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously he's doing like this American accent, but f- bizarrely, when he was doing this thick Southern accent, all I could think yeah. was Poirot, even though obviously that's like a yeah. you know whatever but, accent, French absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely, but I meant more in terms of the the cultural continuing of just there's always films whereas Poirot comes and goes there are waves whereas Bond has been a constant I mean yeah but Unfortunately. I think Ryan Johnson would have to franchise this off and not be on every one because I know he has other things he wants to work on and that's okay so. I think he, he can do a yeah. couple first you know get, get yeah. the ball rolling and then go take it away guys I don't, I, it's, it's a lot like where, where Pete believed about Nolan and Bond I don't want Nolan wasting time on, on a Bond hmm. you know what I mean like, right. I do yeah, I know time. you do. Wasting time, uh, indeed. No. We're, we're getting we're getting Tenet instead, and that's that's. Which looks so good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm in for it. Um, proper so Nolan, like, yeah. really good. Not not not, uh, not crappy Dunkirk Nolan. Proper Nolan. Yeah. He's yeah. back, baby. Which I, I will Dunkirk. say this: in about 1917, I read an article where it was like they wish Sam Mendes didn't make movies that were indebted to uh, Nolan, and I'm like, why? You realize that the Dunkirk has nothing to do with World War One, and vice versa. Like, and this this movie has heart and a soul. And I was invested I, in the characters. I'm already way more into this than Dunkirk, and I have not seen yeah. anything more than the trailer. That's it. Like, it's nothing like Dunkirk, and or nothing like Nolan. Like, outside of maybe fantastic camera work, I don't understand where that thing was coming from. It's a war film that looks good. Is, is that the benchmark yeah, well, for comparison? I mean, if anything, my thought was 1917, because it's all in the presentation of a one-hour, barring one cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, a character gets knocked out. It actually justifies it in the in the movie, like what, why yeah. t- technically the camera should go dark and time mm-hmm. should pass. But anyway, uh, is I, I basically thought to myself when I heard he was doing that, I was like, so you saw Birdman and thought, that's impressive, but what's more impressive yeah. is doing that entirely in World War One, going through trenches and explosions and... Mm-hmm. Gunshots there's there's certain camera moves that uh, someone that went through film school i go how the hell did they manage that like that is some oh. that's some like theater level choreography absolutely some of the behind the scenes stuff that they put out no oh my god they, they put some out like um 
whenever I went to see a movie in IMAX over the last few months, yeah. I've kind of done like you know, preview stuff, like behind the scenes footage for it. It's not just IMAX, because um, literally the last couple of times I've been getting trailers at the theatre, instead of getting a trailer for 1917, it's been like a featurette showing oh, them filming. I've, I've, yeah, I've got ever... like the IMAX showings, um, so I thought it was an IMAX thing. No, I've got them all, but I've never been in, never been in IMAX, so... <laughs> oh, oh, fair enough, but um, it, looks, it looked impressive. Yeah. Looking forward um, to seeing it. Yeah, no, I didn't know any of those, but that reminds me, I need to look up the um, Lord of the Rings guy, uh, his his documentary, They Will Not Grow Old, because now after seeing how ghastly oh, yeah. World War One is, because like I, I had this discussion with a friend, and I was like, World War One really hasn't been properly brought to life in movies, and my friend's like, well, no, you had uh, War Horse and, and, and Wonder Woman, I was like, not like this, this it's is... It's a strange time period in terms of war movies in that it, it crosses over like these different types of technology. You, you start on horseback, you end in yeah. planes. Yeah. yeah. And tanks it's... were pretty new as well uh, during that oh, war. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which oh, is why it's, it's, it's really unique in terms of the, the technology. Dude, of actually, the here's the thing. World War II gets all, a lot of plane movies, and this is mm-hmm. why. It's a less interesting war from a fighting perspective because the trench warfare is far more grisly and nasty and yeah. more cinematic. There's, there's but, an easy answer for this. But World War II has a villain. Exactly. Because yes. World, World War I, like, okay, sure, there's the other side of the fight, but ultimately no one was being outright evil in World War One. It's, it's right. political shenanigans gone wrong. Well, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's, it's a, essentially a family squabble too. A, it, once you start looking at the yeah. at the strings at play here, all the royal families are intermarried. Yeah, yeah. World War yeah. One is a convoluted mess of reasoning, and yeah. I, I studied it in school, and I remember spending just uh, like weeks on setting up how it started, yeah. like why it started. It was complicated. And, <laughs> and people still, yeah, people still argue about what was the actual cause, and you know why it did. With World War uh, World War Two. It's just, pretty easy. Just, oh, hey, one of the world's yeah. largest dicks was in charge of a country. Yeah, and he, and he invades <laughs> the, the Sudetenland and, you know, then goes into Austria and they're like, not anymore, and now we fight. It's it's so, really uh, straightforward by comparison. Yeah, exactly. And then when you look at World War One, and then so, like, yes, some of the stuff in, in Wonder Woman, you know, but the whole point of Wonder Woman isn't, like, war sucks. Like, you know, like, there's that undercurrent, but it's still really glossy. And same with War Horse. It's a sentimental Spielberg film. You know? Like, it's... Yeah. Th- there are parts of it that you're like, oh, man, that's brutal. <laughs> I forgot like... Spielberg directed War Horse. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, he's not been... As a, as a diehard Spielberg guy, man, it's... <laughs> tough times. There you go as well. Oh, like... <laughs> um, uh, makes me laugh. <laughs> anyways, 1917, yeah. It, it's brutal. It's grisly. It, I want to seek out that, and I just found out that it is streaming on HBO. So if you have any of the HBO apps, it's it's on there, and I think I'm gonna give that a watch yeah. in the next week or so. Um, it's like, all uh, updated what, footage from World War Two or World War One. Yeah, war as a topic is isn't that exciting to me for a film, um, but what does excite me is good filmmaking, regardless of topic. And yeah. 1917's an example of that. Uh, yep. It's uh, it's, be- it's it's hauntingly beautiful at times. Is all, is yes, all I'll say. yes, it is. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to scene. You're making me wish I hadn't bothered showing up here this evening. <laughs> yeah, no. So there's just this, this doesn't spoil anything, but there's a scene where where the main characters come up on a, on a group of soldiers sitting in the trees, and one of them is singing, and it is haunting, like and not in that like scary haunting way, but just like a surreal. Like, 
there's mist hanging in the tree and they're all sitting there all focused on this one guy singing and the way the camera moves around i got goosebumps just talking about it right now and it's like yeah I, I, I was even thinking that i was thinking of uh just like some of the stuff when there's like just like it's basically it feels like he's in a, an apocalypse or just fire it's just, uh, he's, yeah. he's just lit he's, with fire he's literally in hell yeah like it looks like hell like yeah, yeah, but no, it's it's fantastic, and I I went in not wanting to, not that I didn't want to like it, but I went because I had nothing else to do, you know. And then I saw it was less than two hours, and I was like, oh, thank you, because <laughs> most of the movies I've been doing this year have been so long. The Me last over that on the Jojo Rabbit review. Yeah, yeah, because that movie's so. like just over 95, 40 minutes. Uh, yeah, no, forty. Yeah. I mean, one hour forty. Um. Yeah, and that was supposed. I will say this: my top ten for twenty nineteen is looking much healthier after seeing those two this week because I I was having yeah, a rough right? looking top ten before. Yeah, I'm with you. Like before this, like in, since I've you know watched in the you know in the the new year one two three four five five of of my top ten of just the things wow. I've watched this year. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. My top ten is not there yet. There's still stuff in the bottom half of it that I would I'm hoping gets bumped off because I don't think it's top ten worthy, but it's getting there. I, I'm at a point yeah. now where. If this ends up my top ten, it's okay. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the bottom three or four are still things that could be knocked off. Like, you know, like, yeah. okay, there's room for improvement. But if this is it, it's still solid. Yeah. So you know, when I, I do my list, I try to have the Kong Skull Island spot, right? Like, mm-hmm. I try to put a pulpy. I don't think I could do that this year because I just think it's too. The movies are too good to necessitate a gimmick. You know what I mean? Like. So I you're feel if I... you're not having Hellboy in your top ten. Huh? You're not having Hellboy in your top ten then. I wouldn't sniff the top twenty, Connor. <laughs> this is stuff my top forty never mean top twenty. It's, yeah, it's like, at, at the minute I've 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 seen fifty two movies uh, from uh-huh. twenty nineteen. Hellboy is at number fifty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but no, but it's just I, I was looking at my list uh, after nineteen seventeen and going yeah, I, I can't. This would be disrespectful to the other films that I've seen this year. What's like, funny? I'll do. I'll do a minor spoiler here. Is that if you watch? Because part one of this is up now. Uh, Mail Fuzz TV's top fifty movies of the decade, which is every single person from Mail Fuzz TV, all three of us plus Tim and Tara. Uh, Tim also had Hellboy at his top fifty, number fifty, yeah. but that was top fifty of the decade, not yeah. <laughs> not of the year. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Yeah, of course he did. You know, I I watched the opening because because Pete was talking about how he was editing this all together, yeah. cutting around the opening. So I, I actually watched the intro just to see how it worked. Yeah, and I didn't actually watch anyone's entries, um, so I never got as far as seeing Tim. But you 50, got otherwise that would have cracked me up. But you got to the guesses, right? Because that was the the, the part that really took I did. A it was. I, I think everyone guessed the same thing for me. No, 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 no. Everyone but Tim, because it was it was Matt and Tara like debating with themselves over and over like should it be the last jedi should it be the last jedi and then i came in deadpan and just say last jedi without any like thinking about it and then it just cuts to tim at the end of that section going baby driver and it cuts to the next <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i forgot how much connor loved that baby driver yeah. hey look they're both on the list yes of course i don't doubt that yeah well i mean i've heard most of your list so far I but s- yeah. i still doubt anybody guessed mine so yeah uh yeah. And it was originally going to be five parts with ten entries yeah. per person each. It is now a yeah. ten-part series with five entries per yes. person each to keep it a reasonable length and to keep them coming. Yes, and, that's, quick. and I saw that when it when it uploaded to my YouTube. Yes, uh, I saw. I was like, oh, okay, this is actually much smarter. Than, yeah, than that. With, with the first uh, but, one still an hour long. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, well, yeah, but you have five people doing five movies. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's like, 25. Yeah. But, plus, there's an extra like, 10 to 15 minutes of the intro stuff in the first part that won't be in the rest. So, yeah. so it should be about 40 anyway, minutes or so for the rest of it. Uh, yeah, so i, I got to start seeing some movies. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to hit up the red box because yeah. there, there's a couple, which I'll consult with Connor after we're done to see if they're worth my time or All not right. that, that I know that he's seen. Yeah. Um, Just to so. uh, swing us back on topic. Uh-huh. Yes. How good does that new Birds of Prey trailer look? Oh my god! Thank you. I don't know. I've just seen uh, it. It genuinely oh man. looks like okay. I'm in for this movie. Pete, now. Pete is gonna be so mad at it. <laughs> I, I, I got gleeful. Okay, so I'm not the type that gets on my phone in the theater, like even during the trailers, right? But this trailer hit, and I had to text Connor and go, "Hey, have you seen the new Birds of Prey trailer?" And then I, I, the movie was getting ready to start. So when I come out of the movie, he he watches it and goes, "Oh, Pete's gonna hate this," uh, but it is it is exactly what what we've talked about it being. It's much this trailer's much I think better at hitting the tone than the other trailers have been, um, but it's straight up Connor and Palmiotti Harley. Now I don't know about the rest of the characters because this was based. This is a Harley Quinn movie. Like, let's just. It is. With a supporting cast of the Birds of Prey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they look kind of cool. They've got a bit more. They actually, as much as this this trailer tells us even more, it's a Harley movie first and foremost. Yep. The other characters have more to do in this trailer as well. Seeing uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. Oh and yes, going, please. And it just it fits. Um, yeah, I, I'm there. Even if the other characters whiff, I'm okay because because. Canary looks, be cool. looks fine for what we've seen. Yeah, um, yeah. Cassandra, she only has one line in this trailer. Which is good, which which it should be. Yeah. Right? One word. And, yeah. and to be fair, there are, like, it's not like she's a complete mute, like she is in the comics, you know, with, yeah. like, really fragmented sentences. It's not like that. But it is a lot of, you know, you can see there are reactions where she'll just nod or, or smile mm-hmm. or something, where she's choosing not to talk a lot. Right. I, you can see that in this trailer quite a bit. Do you get the impression right. from this new trailer that she's going to be a little badass who can beat the shit out of everyone? Yes. I think I think so. This one, mm. not that it, it was showing action sequences, but it shows her being more active than just being there, you oh. know? Because uh, that first so, trailer left me skeptical that she's yeah. even going to be a fighter. That first trailer was trash. That first trailer, I was like, I don't know about this. I'm so going to say this trailer, I'm like, oh, this looks fun. Um, Wait, you there's, and... there's actual costumes in this trailer? Yeah. You thought that trailer? You thought the first trailer was trash, and yet you fought me every single time I brought it up and said it looked like garbage. What? Because your reasons for it are it, were different than my reasons. I just thought that the presentation was not there. Also, I've been fooled by trailers many, many, many times before. So what? What um, Matt's oh. saying is he trusted Gail Simone more than he did his own eyes on this trailer. Yes, I did. Um, and so now, now this trailer comes out, and I see all that's there, and then you and McGregor. As Black Mask, yes, please. So, well, look forward to the special review edition of Birds of Prey next month. Uh, I'm sure we'll, I'll have much to say. (laughs) It will be a review one way or another. (laughs) It will be a gathering of people talking about a movie film. All right, let's talk about uh, news that happened this week at DC Comics. I think we've, uh, I mean, arguably I could cut out that war movie section, put that as a bonus bit, but I don't know. It seems like a nice intro to the show as well. I don't know. (laughs) 
see how long the rest of this goes. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, maybe that's, maybe that's a good idea. Uh, so, yeah, so Dan Dedio's been doing interviews or whatever over the last day or two. Uh, Is there and- a reason for this? Because he seems to have just been running his mouth to everyone and anyone. Yeah, uh, apparently it's a Facebook Q&A with retailers was at least this first one. I don't know if that was in all of these, but we'll find out as we go. Uh, so this first one is more to do with the collected editions. Um, I think this is worth bringing up, even though... You know, I mean, I, I don't buy the physical collected books anymore. I buy them digitally, which is why it's really annoying when they cancel something. Like, well, just still release it digitally. It doesn't cost you anything. It's there. Just put it in the comicsology, you pricks. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so they've had a bit of a trend over the last year of cancelling a lot of books that they've solicited. Uh, and we heard recently that they were reshaking the entire like collected department and their lineup coming up. Uh, but basically, he was talking about how why this was happening and what was going on. He said they had a bad 2019 when it came to collected editions. There was a lot of books that were solicited and weren't hitting the minimum number of orders to make it justifiable to actually print them, and that's why they were being cancelled. And he did clarify that they weren't just like missing it by a little bit because they, 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 they've got leeway with it. They, they, they won't, like, it has to hit this exact number. They're saying, no, it was missing it by thousands, not by like five. Uh, so... That meant they had to just yeah, cancel the books. Uh, it said if they can't get to two-thirds of a minimum number, then it doesn't justify publication at all. Yeah, which honestly sounds lenient enough for me that I, I can't be mad at that. Like if I, No, I yeah. can't. Two-thirds of the minimum that you need, you can go, well, okay, maybe our predictions are off. Maybe it'll sell over time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but beyond that, you're just wasting money. But yeah. do we also think that people are just buying stuff like comicsology sales, right? Like... So you can get collected. Yeah, it's possible. Digital too. Like, well, what's yeah. in- not everybody. Not everybody's a shelf collector like people that we know well, what's, anymore. What's interesting is, I've, as I've been hearing from just other places, that uh, trade collections sales have been kind of going down in comic book mm-hmm. stores, but they're up in bookstores. And what's interesting about that is that all these pre-orders we're talking about that make up these numbers that he's talking about don't come from the bookstores. I don't think they they come from just. Yeah. Uh, like what comic book shops oh, are ordering sure. through Diamond. Well, because you're talking about this is a retailer thing, right? Yeah. So that's that's probably that's not going to be the Barnes and Nobles and the other bookstores. So what's um, strange to me about that is is that it's almost kind of not accounting for maybe where more of their actual sales are coming I, from I these days. I wonder if that's why they give you know they're as lenient as they are with two thirds. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. like, okay, well we'll make up the rest in the bookstore, no problem. Yeah. So Which really, makes sense. So really interesting. Uh, so I've got a couple of details here. So I'll just I'll, I'll read this quote here. Uh. Where is it? Uh, we also have to reevaluate collections of six issues and out. When you collect six issues of a periodical, regardless of its complete story, you're going to see more tweaking going forward, but I feel like we're in a very good place. That's interesting to me, him specifying six issues, because that is kind of what we think of as a standard trade collection length. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that means they're going to play with, like, is it worth doing just bigger collections uh, to do the whole thing, if it's a 12-issue book and that kind of thing? Oh. You also look at a lot of these runs that aren't just six issues. You got a lot, like, think about Josh Williamson's first Flash. That was, like, nine. Yeah. Right? So, well, I wonder when, if, when I, you go to... Col- go ahead. I was going to say, I wonder if it ties in, because the other thing it says here is that uh, sales of numbered books, and the, as the number gets higher, the sales the get higher. lower and lower. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering if a good way to combat that, if it is something that can be done in just one thicker book, is like, we'll just sell it as one thick book then, charge more right. for it, and just more right. people will buy it because it's just well, a I mean, complete standalone story. It's, that, uh, it's, it's combining that and also renumbering the, the, the runs, you know, as, right. as often which, as they can, I guess, which they have well, been doing a good job of lately, like with like well, every time Batgirl started a new writer. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, this is the thing and, here, though. It mentions that Aquaman by Deconic and yeah. a couple of others recently, the trades aren't numbered. It's just Aquaman, colon whatever uh are they dropping the numbers altogether they're they're dropping the numbers yeah 
which which kind of sucks if you're trying to go and read because I, I I ran into this problem with Kelly Sue's Captain Marvel, mm. right? Is that there there's two volume ones and two volume twos, and if you don't know where to start, if you want to start at the very beginning, you have like you have to do a little extra like yeah. you can't just my, show up and, my, and go. My quick math on that is that if she's got short hair, it's the first that's the first one. <laughs> the long hair is the second one. <laughs> right, but still, if you're just looking at the spines of the yeah. books and you see Captain Marvel volume one by no, Kelly Sue. I've talked about this with uh, Jeff John's Green Lantern. That was the first ever yeah. one that I decided to read the whole thing sequentially uh, after reading a lot of, you know, standalone, you know, collections and stuff. And I remembered having to do research and looking up what issues were in each book and putting them in order myself because they, they weren't numbered in any way. Uh, yeah. And, well, it's, that obviously sounds like a pain to go back to. If it, Unfortunately, if, if it does actually help sell copies of the books it might be a necessary I, evil. I think it's one of those where there's got to be a better middle ground than this because I think that's a terrible system uh long ago mm. it's it's fine like okay as the books come out you just pick up the next one and you just know what it is but 10 years down the line it's it's a book you you missed uh, you know you missed when it came out and you want to go back and, and read it, it. it's a shame because yeah. for, for preference sake i actually prefer having things numbered <coughs> i i love when things go up to like volume 15 it, it feels great to have all that in a shelf and oh. what's going on People swapped. Why did you swap? <laughs> Damn you, Skype! Damn Hi. you! <laughs> that Skype's oh, acting up today. What the hell is this shit, Skype? Uh, anyway, I was saying, as I fix these, uh, <laughs> you know, like... Bye, Connor. <laughs> That's kind oh, of... Bye, like... Connor. <laughs> So as I was saying, like I I love seeing things go up to high numbers because I love getting the feeling that I've done all that collecting. I you know, and I think a lot of comic fans do like that. Unfortunately, all the new people that you want to try and you know bring into the medium don't get intimidated by that and don't want to buy no, it anymore. I I, we'll talk about this more, you know, because me and Pete had a bit of a conversation yesterday uh, in regards to. Oh, that's coming up. We're, we're, yeah, we've got another yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it kind of applies here as well in the sense that you know these high. I understand why someone doesn't want to jump in at a high number i think it's 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 a double-edged sword i think if it's all one story one writer one run then the high number makes sense i think it's when you get to a high number and they you know there's a new writer and they don't renumber them which to be fair they've been doing a good job of lately mm-hmm. um but in the last few years before that it was the case of oh, yeah for the, for the record is because uh, the conversation we're going to go into soon uh, later on is about legacy numbering we'll get to that when we get to it but i I don't want to make it clear that I have never had a problem with them renumbering trade volumes when it's a new writer's run or anything like that. Like, yeah, that's fine I, to me. That makes complete the, sense. The idea of just slapping a one on the new, you know, new writer's run for the trade to make it really clear for anyone who goes into a bookstore, start here. Um, yeah. I think that absolutely makes sense. I, I mean, if anything, yeah, then, I, so like, the, thick, the thicker collections to be putting out? Um like and and it'll say you know flash by Jeff Johns book one. If anything, I think every every like sort of superhero comic should do that in the sense that you know so because like, like you say there's multiple volume ones. Like make it very clear. Okay, this is a starting point for this writer's you know run as opposed to you know, rather yeah. than just having Aquaman volume one, volume one, and volume so, one. It's not clear. So like, like King's Batman, the first one was I am I am Batman. Or was it? No, I am Gotham. I am Gotham. I am Gotham. Right. So. You know, instead of saying, you know, you know, Batman, I am Gotham, and, you know, it'll have a number one on the spine, you know, that should just be Batman by Tom King, volume one, yeah. I am Gotham. And then the first story is I am Gotham. And that, yeah. and what Pete's saying, if they're going to do the bigger books, then you do I am Gotham, I am Suicide. And then you have one of those big, thick... I, I understand why they don't want to go yeah. straight to the bigger books with the new releases, because they want to capitalize on 
not waiting too long between mm-hmm. things coming out. If, if we had to wait, you know, how, those stories were both six issues each. That, that's right? a year. Yeah, that, that's a year, Batman. Yeah, but here's, yeah. The, here's the thing about that, though, is that, I mean, not Marvel, because Marvel are actually really quick with their trades, so that, that, this argument makes sense to me. But with DC, they have such a gap between the last issue coming out to when the trade comes out that honestly pushing it to just waiting for that issue 12, say, isn't actually that much of a delay. The problem is no. they wouldn't still be pushing them out as soon as the issue 12 hits. They'd still be staggering them the way they do well, because yeah, but, it works in the store market. Sure, but, I mean, we're we're changing things here, so for the sake of argument, we're changing that too. <laughs> to make it work yeah but then they, then they're losing quite drastically in the book market uh, the bookstore which is why they do it the way they do so i think that would be the wrong move for them to make i mean yeah uh, i just it, it's, it's frustrating um obviously no one likes to see trade collections get cancelled especially when it's like you know they've put out the first three like say birds of prey uh, from the 90s and then cancel mm-hmm. it and don't do any more because they've not been right. selling high enough. It's especially frustrating when you read digitally and it's like, well, all those issues are there digitally. Just bundle them together digitally for me. So it I can... sucks. It does. Um, I get why they can't... You know, like they're saying, you know, all right, if we can't even get two-thirds of what we need to, yeah. you know, to, to make this profitable, we can't justify that. That That's pretty fair. That's um, it. But it sucks all the same. That said, don't get me wrong, it is good that we're in a day and age now where there is at least a backup where the the single issues are available digitally no matter what. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, if you want to read something, you can find it and read it some way. It's just not like, like, you know, there was a time when if it wasn't in print, you were screwed. Like, you just couldn't get it, and that was it. Yeah, well, and it's, what gets me though too is the, like, you have the stuff by by Brubaker and Phillips, right, that they want you to buy it uh, physically, so they add all those little extras. Right. So then that's that's where the, the back issue market happens where uh-huh. like I'm trying to track down Fatal and it's it's very hard because I want to read those those essays about noir and horror in the back. Um, those you, I can get the issues digitally if I just want to read the book or go pick up the trade at uh-huh. my shop. Um, but I want those single issues, which is still kind of cool. The hunt's still there. Um, I, so yeah. I mean there are ways to do it if, I if do. they want, you know. That's why I used, to, I used to like buying trades because you get this backup, backup. You get this extra material, you know, mm. sketch art from the artist. Or um, I think my identity crisis has like the first issue, like the first script. Yeah, the script yeah. the first issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan does something similar where the back yeah. matter is included in the single issues, print or digital, but mm-hmm. not in the trades. However. Right. Um, it is included in the deluxe edition of the trades. So yeah. if you wait for the the, the big fancy hard yeah. they will uh, include them as extras in that. Yeah, deluxes will often throw in extras. I I do wonder how like because this is the thing like a big part of digital comics is the sales and how many people just mop up stuff when stuff's on sale. And a lot yep. of the, and the, and DC for the most part don't put the single issues in sale that much. It's it's usually the trades and. I do have to wonder at what point, like, just having more digital trades available, even if some of them aren't physically available, uh, is actually beneficial just to having a bigger pool of things to go on sale. Because, uh, I mean, that's when I buy most of my trades, <laughs> is when they're on sale. And, I, and I, I, I will spend a silly amount of money during the Christmas sales because I'm like, hey, well, let's just buy a truckload of them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's it's, it's funny? Because obviously we're talking about this and the, the impact that digital's having, especially the sales. And, you know, yeah. like, like Pete started this by saying he doesn't buy print. Uh, trades at all you know just pick up in digital sales yeah this past week has been the first week that i can remember in at least over a year that dc has not had a sale on comiXology 
That is true. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And nah. I do wonder: are they moving uh, away? Because you know, that uh, is usually Tuesday just, to Tuesday. Just to add on to that, it's more than a year. I, I is I, 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 I'm almost willing to guarantee you, barring maybe a few days if they had a sale that ended in a weird time because of like it was a Christmas sale or something like that, that they have not went a full week without a sale in like four or five years at least. Because right. ever since they had trades on Comicsology, because there was a time when it was exclusive to Amazon. Obviously, this was before Amazon bought Comixology, because otherwise, you know, why would they yeah. care? Uh, uh, like, because they always have every Monday night, the exact same time, 11 Eastern, it changes to a new sale. That is every week. And I was shocked because I checked on Monday night because, oh, I wonder what the new sale is, just in case there's anything interesting. And there was nothing in there. And it was weird because there's always a sale. And it might just because, okay, they had a line-wide sale for like three weeks there. They're just they're just taking a week off before they start up again. It may just be that, and that's all it is. possible, but they've never done that before, which is why it feels weird. And and now this news coming out, and I'm wondering, is there some sort of internal communication they're having about not having a sale every single week? Maybe trying mm. to you know, not lose as many you know, sales to the, the digital market as they are. Yeah. For the record, though, the reason why I buy them digitally is over physical is nothing to do with um, those sales. I, I, my choice to go digital uh, was purely about me being addicted to buying things before they went out of print, and it was unhealthy, and it was costing me a fortune. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. <laughs> I suspect it doesn't actually make that much difference. I suspect there mm. are not a ton of people who are buying them in digital sales and going well if they don't put it on sale i'll just go and buy the trade oh sure i suspect that, that you know there's, there's probably not that many people who are going to do that so they're not like they're not actually losing sales in in that regard um but i wonder if they're maybe afraid of that like a lot of executives often are yeah it's a sort of thing to be scared of even though there's not really much justification for it to really affect much um yeah. i feel like everyone who was going to switch from buying physical whether it be singles or trades to digital did it years ago like i think now there's almost no impact you know ongoing like i think 2011 2012 that's when the change happened if there was change um since then we're talking a smattering of people who'll maybe gradually do it because they decide they want it just for them but it's i don't think there's been any waves of like people doing it since then no uh, you know when comics went day and day digital is when the change happened yeah you know and on mass if it was happening mm-hmm. within that year or so yeah, yeah. Uh, and I still like physical books so sometimes I'm like ah, maybe I should start buying trades and hardcovers again I kind of like them you know I like green books that way uh, and I keep talking myself out of it because I, I pretty much exclusively only buy hardcovers and omnibuses now like like deluxe hardcovers uh, as well uh, yeah the problem with that is though is that I, I you know I mean I'm buying stuff I've already read so the actual reading of the stuff I would buy would be very few and far between because I'd be reading mostly new material uh, you know via digital yeah so. I get that so I don't know. It's a it's a it's a pickle. Uh, so yes, there's there's collected editions. Uh, you know, if, if stuff's getting cancelled, it sucks. Uh, it's a shame. Actually, just a sl- slight tangent here. Another complaint about their collected editions. This is not a book I bought. I just saw a, a photo of it online. But you know how they've been doing these Silver Age, Gold Age, Bronze Age omnibuses. Uh, of is various... this going to be changing the the, the print dress? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. They've all had this uniform design where they're either silver, gold, or bronze, you know, depending on the age, and they'll have a banner in the middle that says the name of the character, and they'll have the volume number at the bottom. For some reason, all of a sudden, they've started changing it. So volume two, I think it was House of uh, Secrets. Secret yeah. Mysteries. Uh, Secrets, I think mm-hmm. it was. Uh, they've just, they've given it like a sort of, like, okay, it's got its own unique trade dress now. It's all, you know, it was just, you know, the, the, the big font of the logo and whatnot, which it didn't have before. So not only yeah. is it really c- completely different to volume one, it implies that every single, like, 
run in this you know because and the problem with this is omnibuses cost a lot of money so there's there's been seven golden age batman omnibuses already right volume eight is coming next year or this year now um like so there's going to be seven of these expensive hundred dollar omnibuses all matching perfectly and then volume eight is probably going to look completely different that is i hate when they do that it's why this isn't exclusive to just comics either this is any book publisher but why? Why, mm-hmm. why is this a thing? Like, I, okay, you're going to argue that numbering. I mean, admittedly, anyone who's buying Golden Age comics, like, numbers are going to scare them away. So that's first of all. But this isn't changing the number. It's still a volume number, whatever. This is just purely changing the design of the. This all this is going to do is piss people off and please no one. No one is going to be happy about this. <laughs> no one. No, it's one of those things where the idea is to make it appeal to new people, but no one's going to go see Golden Age Volume Eight. Sign me up. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's baffling to me. It really is. Anyway, uh, so next bit of news again. Coming mainly from Didio, uh, more books are going to be going to legacy numbering uh, after Flash and Wonder Woman. Uh, he's not revealing which books are going to do it. Um, I think we could probably make some guesses here, but uh, you can expect to see more of it. And he does say that there is no plans for any time in the near future to put anything, like to, to do a new number one or Flash or Wonder Woman. Like there's no plans right now in any way to revert back to like a, a renumbered title. And that's to say it won't happen eventually because it probably will. But uh, I'd like to think it wouldn't because I like the legacy numbering, but I mean, hey-ho. Uh, so if I was to make a guess here, I would say Batman and Superman are the two obvious ones to go to the legacy numbering because they're the two longest-running solo character books outside of Action Detective. Uh, and it just makes uh, sense. Yeah. It kind of upsets me with them the starting over with Bendis. <laughs> it's it's frustrating, number one. frustrating yeah. as hell. <laughs> the, 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 we're talking Thor status now. You know what I mean? Oh, it's not quite that bad, but I mean, yes. Yeah, no, but at this point, between Rebirth and then Bendis, and yeah, that's right. what it is. Uh, you know, I I like the legacy numbering. I think it, you know, makes you feel like it's got some prestige to it because it feels like you can you can feel all the years that the book's been around in the number. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, part of getting into comics is just kind of learning that jumping on points or these random numbers, you just have to, you know ask yeah where you find them or whatever this is personally i think it's a terrible uh, idea i think you know having the legacy number like like the way marvel do on a separate box is is kind of fine uh you know underneath um don't cook the numbers to get there but the the concept (laughs) of that uh i'm I'm okay with um but i think i don't think i don't don't think it helps anyone pete's saying he likes it because it's nice uh you know i'm not i'm not saying it helps anything i'm not trying to say that this helps book sales i just like it (laughs) i get that there there are people who like this but the 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 key thing for me is there is no one who already reads comics that you know maybe they like you know wonder woman already they're off and on depending on the run they see a new you know they you know they see oh we're we're back in the legacy numbers oh i'm gonna jump on because we're in high numbers no one's doing that no one is no. doing that. But However, there's an argument though that some completists are more likely to buy through a bad run because the numberings, then they've got all the numbers up until that point. Then I mean, who does who does that? <laughs> okay. I, I will give you that, but I think that's a relatively small percentage overall of the community. Um, I think the problem is the opposite is true in that you know someone who is new to coming. You know, Pete, I know you you said, oh, yo, to you, uh, part of the fun was diving in and figuring it out. There are undoubtedly lots of people who are terrified of that and don't want that 
fun, as you put it. And you know, if, they go, <laughs> if they go into a comic shop or on, you know, if they go on Comicsology and see this week's releases, and they see Wonder Woman seven six eight, and let's just say, oh, I've just made at random. Let's say that's you know the start of the next run. Um, if you were reading seven six seven, wishful thinking that Orlando's done in eighteen issues, but all right, I know, I know. <laughs> random numbering here. But look, just you know, hypothetically, Pete was was. Let's assume he was reading Orlando's run for whatever reason. He got to seven six seven, seven six eight. New writer. He carries on reading, assuming he likes the writer. Nothing changes. Someone who you know is relatively new to comics doesn't keep up with all the news in the same way we do. Just goes on, you know, clicks on Comicsology, clicks new releases, sees you know Wonder Woman seven uh, seven six eight. Doesn't realize it's a new writer. They're probably just going to ignore it entirely. Whereas if they see Wonder Woman number one, they might actually click on it and go, "Oh, what's this?" Yeah, the, the number ones, as long as that you know, not constantly, not any you know, for, you know, three times in the same writer's run. But if it's a new writer's run, a new number one is a fundamentally good idea to increase readership. Aaron Star was more like six number ones, but I yeah, mean, yeah, I'm not, uh, I, I'm yeah. not <laughs> No, don't get me wrong. Oh, but you're also adding miniseries into that too. So. Don't, don't get me Wait, wrong. Hey, hey, that thought that went from to issue eight was not meant to be a miniseries. That was just the ongoing that ended after that's, eight issues. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not counting that one. I'm yeah. talking that's the worst. unworthy Thor. I'm talking about Thor's. I'm talking yeah. Tenth Realm. So that's three right there. Right. So, so yeah. right. Now, don't get me wrong. I the logic here is fine. I get the logic, and mm-hmm. I don't necessarily mind as long as the runs are long enough. Going back to number one for a new writer, I understand the neatness of that. Yeah. I understand that. Um, but there is something special to me about the high numbers. It's kind of like the prestige of like feeling all that time. And I think, okay, sure, like it, it might be daunting to someone new, to, like where do I start? But you know, that's what asking people on or like either online or in a comic shop or whatever's for. Um, it has a little bit of a barrier. But I feel like if you actually care about getting into comics, you care about these characters. Um, because I think, I mean, the way I get into comics is I started off by reading standalone things. And then after enough of that, I went, I kind of want to get into the nitty gritty. I kind of want to get into, you know, the the, the, meat, the real meat of the, the comic industry. And I went and, you know, dove into some research to figure it out. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that that's ideal, that people should have to do any kind of research. But at the same time, I don't think it's really that weird. When comics have been going for the decades that they have, and for such a long time, they didn't renumber books. It was just, no, a new run starts at you know 520 or new run starts at whatever and it was fine and comics arguably were a bigger industry when that was the case um whereas there is this obsession these days of going back to number one to bump the the numbers because it does always come with a a little bump because it's an issue one but 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 the more they do that the more the issue ones become meaningless because the less valuable are because there's more issue ones well okay so this is the thing i think doing it as an issue one for the uh, the speculator bump is a terrible idea. You know, you shouldn't. I don't. Th- I'm not defending them doing it for that, which is, let's be honest, what some of Aaron Thor's number ones were for. Oh, they are. For, Absolutely yeah. are. Well, I'm. I'm saying, you know, the the people who who are, like, you know, the people who aren't going into comic shops. They 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 they, they want to read digitally. You know, they they're new to comics, completely new. Uh, you know, they go, oh, hey, Comicsology is a thing. They've been pushed towards by Amazon, maybe. You know, they they, they probably advertise it somewhere because it's their company, um, and. You know, they're interested and they go, okay, it'll come out and go, what's new? This week's new releases. They'll click on the company. If they see an issue one, they're infinitely more likely to click on that than they are yeah. 760 something or whatever. But surely this is easily solvable just with branding. You just, you put a big 
bit of text on the front, or even if let's say it's an advert on Comixology advertising the new issues that week, you say new starting point here, or new run starts here, the new story starts. Like, does I mean, it's not that hard to get that point across. The I don't think. Is then, then you're making that Comixology's responsibility. And I think that's the that's a mistake. Not necessarily. I said on the cover. I mean, that's that's DC doing that. Oh uh, yeah, but it's a small thumbnail. That, that you might not until you click on it, you probably won't see the <laughs> I, thumbnail of that size. Uh, <laughs> are you with Connor? Sometimes it's very frustrating. Ah, uh, I know. <laughs> no, 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 but, no, if, but, you, no, but if you're uh, on Comicsology, you're looking at it. It's a relatively yeah. Small but what thumbnail. world you're are you not... in where someone who's thinking of buying comics is only seeing thumbnails in Comicsology? Like they're, they're not seeing, you know, like other people on a website talk about it or something like that. There's nothing that's drove them there to look at the new comics. When when I get stuff on Comixology, I mean, it's different, but when I'm looking at other stuff that I'm not used to buying, right, I click on it before I buy it. Yeah, you look at the preview pages. So you see the the front cover big first. And on top of that, on top of that, like... I don't think anyone goes to Comixology and browses like they do an actual comic book store. No one goes in and just browses the, the digital shelf like you're describing. I don't think anyone does that. I don't do that at any digital store. Not really. Not when I'm oh, looking I- at comic books or movies or anything like that. Oh, I definitely do. But I mean, you know, even on that same point, you know, when I started going to Clayton Comics, I, I, you know, I had read very, very little. Like, not even, you know, people saying, oh, he did all the, you know, standalone stories. and I just got, walked into a comic shop after college because I was on my way home. And you know, I walked past it every day for months to get home. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to go in and see what's there. And I just kind of looked at the shelf. And I was like, okay, what looks interesting? What's okay? I, I know Batman. Let's look at Batman. And and I'm just trying to find something. You know, and, and I was looking at things. Okay, does this have a lower number? Because, you know, it is it, immediately, okay, there's less to catch up on in my head of, of knowing nothing. I hadn't been looking online at this point. I'd done no research whatsoever. It was literally, I walked past the shop. I'm vaguely interested. I'm going to go in. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think it's like this necessary thing that you're making out to be like I, the, because ultimately one of the first things you learn in comics, and even if they keep renumbering things to number one, it's still going to be true when looking at anything past a certain date. Is not, being number one and starting from the number one issue is not the important thing for for literally like seven decades like if you if you went to batman number one that meant you were going to the golden age batman number one and all, it, all i'm saying here is using the argument this is the way it's always been done is a really terrible idea that's that's not what i'm saying though i'm saying that there's a prestige to these high numbers and you're not seeing well, I, don't, the f- I don't think new readers care about prestige of high numbers i did I thought it was cool. I, I saw, you know, issue 700 and something of, you know, whatever it was, Batman, and I'm like, ooh, issue I 700. I think you're in the minority there. Maybe I am, but I, I see value in that. I, I, I get why... Well, maybe, maybe that's what, you know, maybe the value there is having 700, you know, in the legacy numbering underneath. Have have both. Yeah, uh, but... All I know is when I started reading comics, I, it was a lot like Connor. There was one across from my college. So um, we didn't have a comic shop uh, close to me. But I kept up through like reading Wizard and whatnot. So like I knew who Jeff Johns was. I knew who Jeff Loeb was. Mm. So I went in uh, and found Teen Titans number 16, right? Wasn't the start of anything. It was just the new issue. And that's where I started. Like they didn't have number one, but that was cool. I had this and I was able to work my way backwards, right? Same with with Batman Superman. I started, I think it's number eight where Kara comes down the first time. 
uh, and whatnot, the Michael Turner stuff. Uh, that so, was the start of an arc. Uh, seven or eight, yeah. Huh? So this is right. Yeah. Start a second trade. You know. Hmm. So the numbers didn't bother me too much if I wanted to buy it that much. Like, there's that saying that every comic is somebody's first comic. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people are as picky as we are now. You know what I mean? Because we're so used to to what that is, and I think we project that onto others. Yeah, I mean, I saw you know, some of this I is... I think Connor's just an odd case where he is that particular about where he's going to start yeah. and whatnot. Because I, I so, I'm pretty OCD when it comes to this stuff, and I'm using that, that loosely. Uh, I'm not actually diagnosed yeah, that's, with OCD. See, that's why I said picky. Yeah. Because I'm... I'm uh, in in 2020, I'm trying not to, you know, overgeneralize. Yeah. Right. But I, 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 so, what I mean is that, you know, I'm someone who does care about numbers and starting from the start and things like that. And one of the first things I had to learn with comic books is that that's a, a fool's errand and there's no point in yeah. doing it. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way in comic books and you shouldn't try. Yeah. Um, and like, I, and I'm someone who I, I actively keep track of the legacy numbers for a lot of the books I read. I, I, I mean, I don't have it open right now, but I could tell you what issue, like Aquaman passed 300 recently. Supergirl's almost I'm at 300, not, you know? I'm not surprised. In, uh, in the, Batgirl's in the early 300s as well. A lot a lot of those, I, I guess you call them B-tier books, you know, the A-tier being, you know, Batman, Superman, Flash, uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, a lot of the B-tier books are in the 300s right now, and that's kind of cool. Although Le- Legion of Superheroes is much higher. There's been a lot of Legion comics, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, was, it, it, uh, in the 50s and 60s, there was a, a lot of... And then you had all the spinoffs, too. So if you're counting those, you, you know, Legionnaires. And, you're telling me sci-fi was popular in the 50s, Matt? All right, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> 50s, 60s, and then, you know, you had the 80s resurgence of the Legion, and then through the 90s, you had Legionnaires and the, you know there's up until recently there was always some kind of legion book so yeah up until like halfway through surprised. the new 52 i think yeah right that's what i said up until recently so yeah um i just got that, so. i just got an email right saying oh, from from nvidia saying you've 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 uh been rewarded a a thing right i'm like oh what's this have i won a prize what's this it it's a, it's a skin for Quake Champions. Piss off, Nvidia! What? <laughs> I don't. First of all, I don't play that game. First and foremost, <laughs> how dare you? Also, <laughs> number one, how dare you? Number two, how dare you? <laughs> they got me. I was like, oh, what a graphics card or something. This could be exciting and bastards. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what, what other news we got? Now that we talked about this for way too long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Legacy number for life. All right. That's all I'm saying. I love it. I love those oh, numbers going up. This is why I said both. Everyone's happy. I don't mind both. Marvel system's fine, except for the fact that they've made up a lot of the numbers. <laughs> but, but... Yeah, yeah. But I think the fact that every time DC has switched, like, you know, when we're doing Flash, Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, it tracks. It, it tracks, yeah. right? Whereas Marvel's don't. So, you know, I, I would be fine having, you know, 750, if you want to have that anniversary one where you're marking the change, do it, and then, you know, do 76 or whatever the next one would have i can't remember what it was actually going to be but uh, you know 86 or something 87 but then put seven you know five one underneath yeah that's fine yeah i think that's that's whatever uh but anyway and i because I, I can confirm that flash and wonder woman are both hitting 750 right Tim, it matches the numbers i had <laughs> not that i'm the authority Matt, you make, make, your mate's going. <laughs> Pizza, I, I, I can confirm <laughs> yes. they did not cut the books. I, I am the true one person who can authoritatively say, yes, this is correct. I'm not saying I'm the authority. I'm just saying I, I have done the math uh, and it matches up with my numbers. So I can confirm. If anything, DC should be giving me a consulting fee. Uh, 
So a, a consulting fee when they didn't want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely seven fifty. You're quite right. Quite right, Daddy. Uh, good job. Uh, all right. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, again, Didio is at it. Uh, he's basically just promising that Black Label books will not be solicited until they actually have yeah. them ready to like go. Like, a- he, AKA the Kevin Smith method. They, they don't want them to be delayed, basically, because there's been a lot of delays yeah. recently, and they're going to try and uh, deal with that. And we've been saying this for ages. I mean, not just with Black Label mm-hmm. books, but with Shazam, where they kept soliciting new issues. Yeah. It's like, you've not even released the one that's been delayed for three months yeah. yet. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get if okay if you have one delay in in an ongoing book like Shazam, sure, solicit the next one. You 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 might get back yeah. on schedule with yeah. nice somewhere. Um, yeah. But when it's like that bad, just stop, right? Take a moment to re reevaluate. Yeah. Um, well, see, that's I remember it being big news when Kevin Smith came back to to write comics, right? And be, I forget what it was that never finished, but when when he was doing his new one. I think it was Didi. was like, we have them all in. We have all the scripts, so yeah. we can announce it. Because his, uh, his his Green Arrow was terribly delayed. Yeah, I, so I can't remember. Was Batman Widening Gyre? That this was it the might be, yeah, hmm. yeah. But I, I always that always cracked me up. Was like, we can announce it because we have all the scripts in. And hell, did yeah. I mean John's basically said in the last week or two, right? Yeah. That uh, like they wanted to hold back and start Doomsday no. releasing it later, but uh, yeah. DC were determined to start putting that out. So just just imagine if they'd waited a year until November 2018 and we'd just got yeah. it one per month. Yeah, we um, uh, we, we spoke about this the day it came out because because uh, Johns was talking about it then is mm. he wanted five uh, five months later he wanted to start mm-hmm. in like May or what or, or, right. or whatever. And it still had some delays if it started then, but it would but it would as spread out as it, as it ended up being. No, yeah, no way. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's quite quite funny. Yeah, John's throwing them under the bus. Because if it started in May, it'd have been monthly for most of that year, and then it'd been double shipping this month. I'd say, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey ho. Uh, so you know, he, he talks about oh yeah, you know, we've had all these delays on you know, uh, Superman Year One, Batman Last Night on Earth, Azarella's Birds of Prey, and the Joker Harley Criminal Seventy. I think it's interesting that a lot of these delays haven't been that bad. Like last night on Earth, the third issue was delayed like a couple of weeks. Yeah, right? um, but they doubled the size of it too, right? Like, yeah, it was yeah. Extra, really understandable. So. Yeah, um, Birds of Prey is probably the, the most egregious one. Yeah, well, and again, that's, I just sanity was okay. It, it knocked off a few weeks, and they changed it to bi monthly. Yeah, but I I just feel like the the Birds of Prey one though is there's there's something more going on. It's not just the art or the. Honestly, I think that's more the fact that they changed it from uh, single issues to essentially a a graphic novel. Uh, But it was meant to be an ongoing first, so I do do sense some creative difference issues there. uh, To a point, but I think a lot of, you know, the the, the last delay, I think, is down to this isn't all going to be done in time. Because, Mm. you know, they'd have have had a a bit of lead time anyway, don't get me wrong, but... You know, they're they're now squeezing five issues into into one release day. Uh, so I get yeah, why there's a, a delay th- there. Thanks for that, DC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, so uh, better news on Wonder Woman seven fifty, uh, revealing that the continuity reshaping. Uh, which puts Wonder Woman as the first superhero is actually happening in 750 and Scott Snyder's the the one that's writing mm. it with uh, Brian Hitch on the art for that story uh, so we've, you know, we've heard about this kind of being put in place for 5G and this is kind of where it's happening essentially uh, what I think is interesting about this uh, this ties into something else I saw Diddy was saying in an interview this week I don't have it up but he basically was saying uh, he didn't specify what he was talking about he just said that in terms of like what's coming from us soon 
there's a lot of half truths and misinformation out I, there. I, I think I can guess who he's calling out there. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's not it's not a leap to suggest that this is about five G that he's he's saying this about. Yeah, right? there's some truth to this. There's definitely a five G happening. I mean, it was mentioned in Doomsday yeah. Clock, so obviously it is. But right. clearly, what's been said about it isn't completely accurate. But, yeah. But what I also love about this is that we know it's it's gonna change in five years, right? Because that's comics. Yeah. So we'll be back to you know Superman being the first, or we'll throw the Justice Society there and yeah. whatnot. So it's. It, it's okay. It's interesting because um, I don't know if you guys read it, but on the, the website that we do not like to name, they did a big massive post on, you know, all the, the, the gossip, the stuff that they've heard about the timeline 5G uh, death metal, which is the, the new Snyder uh, event, allegedly. Oh, Metal uh, 2 is no death metal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that, kinda, name, to be honest. Me too. I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's, three... it's one of those things where it's too on the nose, but you're like, God damn, it fits. Yeah. Um, and they posted like a lot of rumors. And then, you know, uh, then apparently they got, you know, reached out to, and, you know, okay, some clarifications happened. And some of it was interesting. Like, don't get me wrong. And, you know, I had a read of it because there was a lot. Okay, green, green assault, because it is from a source yeah, yeah, yeah. but up and down but they were but... talking about things that you know we've heard about before from them in, in general that you know we'd heard that they were going to do this convergent style event in the spring um like a where they were going to do like a <laughs> two-month never say convergent style never yeah, say no, that no, no i know i know no, the reason that they used that specifically was the, the whole point of convergence was it was while they moved offices so it was entirely different people yes. and editors right. working on it while it was, it, while it was a stopgap yeah right. yes and the idea is the same thing with this is why they call it convergent style in that they want everyone to get lead time and prep on 5G and actually get, okay. get, hit the ground running. So what they were doing is drag out, you know, do this separate event run by someone else for two months and have all the books do, be like that for two months. Oh, that's going to be a fun, cheery two months in the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be over spring. They're hearing now that there was, okay, some editorial changes, some little bit of conflict here or there. And they're now going, okay, now it might be late summer, early autumn after this metal event. Um, and, you know, and okay, we, we, the plan was, uh, or maybe still is, was um, for the DC Universe titles that we've kind of got, you know, to kind of end, uh, or, you know, in this case, it'll kind of renumber, but, you know, they'll kind of go on hiatus over the summer convention period where they can announce all this stuff mm. while the Convergence crossover is happening and then launch into 5G towards the end of the year. Can we not call it the convergence crossover, please? Because like, I, I, I get I get why it's been used. Call but... the stopgap. We'll just call it the stopgap. Yeah, I yeah. just because I'm hoping that the quality of this will be much better than convergence. I read all the convergence guys, so you didn't have to. I know. I, I took Don't two months off. It. I literally took yeah, no, two no, months no. off from comics. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm telling the viewers and listeners, don't. You think yeah. you might want to? The now the the convergence minis. If there's a a character or a. Uh, or a, a creative that you want to check those out. The main story, do not. It's it's bad. Yeah, um, exactly. Although yeah. it kind of it kind of gave way to the metaverse before we even thought about that being where it all happened, but it also all didn't happen. Like they were having their cake and eating it too. Yeah, so, kind of. Yeah, you know, but without um, someone like John's actually clearly defining it and explaining. Yeah, what of course, of course, it. of course. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, yeah, I read it so people don't have to. That's all I always. My, yeah. my my go-to on that one but uh but yeah but go, go and read uh rucka's question because that, that brought him back right there's two issues there and the yeah. uh, shazam, shazam one's fun yeah uh by um oh, what's his name uh, hey, jeff, uh, parker. jeff parker 
Yeah. Oh man, Jeff Parker needs to be back at DC and doing then, something soon. And then we had we had the uh, the the Dan Jurgen Superman that gave us John. Yeah. So yeah. So, so let's just let's just look at this though. This this potential year map we've got, whether it's in spring or ends up being later in the year uh, after. And if this is if this is like late summer, early autumn, and it's after this metal event, this metal mm-hmm. event has to be like either short or double shipping, right? Well, apparently, again, according to these rumors. Those um, sources. Yes. Yeah, the um, the editorial actually wanted Capullo and Snyder to set up and do a lot of referencing to 5G in their event, and they were resisting pretty hard and wanted to just Good. do their, you know, their their final thing together. Right. And um, Let them... it, by the sounds of it, they've won, which is why, uh, which is why this event has been pushed back uh, as much as it has. Apparently, that is part of the reason. I, and normally I would be like, we'll just play ball. But here it's like, well, no, this is the culmination of their stuff. Like that, that started at rebirth. And then you could even say they, they just finished their Batman. Right. Yeah. Um, their stamp on the, the ending of the, the DC universe, so to speak. Right. So just let them do that. Let them, you know, pocket universe or whatever you have to do, you know? So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued by all this though. I'm intrigued. It is kind of nice to have something big and exciting happening, even if I'm scared about parts of it being su- being sucky. <laughs> like I'm excited about the idea of okay, there's an event. There's going to be like a, this grace period where we do something different before our launch of all these things. That does sound exciting from a, a podcast perspective of having stuff to talk about, right? It sounds like we're going to have a lot to really yeah. sink our teeth into, which is great. Uh, it makes me nervous because I don't like change. Oh yeah. Mm. So, I, I, like it's. Yeah, I, I mean, I like parts of what I'm hearing. I'm not necessarily super excited about Snyder and Capullo's thing, just because you know, like, I mean, Metal was was mostly fun. I, I think, like a lot of Snyder stuff, it sagged in the middle for me where it got too expositiony, but there was a lot of fun stuff in there. Um, I mean, we got we got the the chords D and C, and then him turning that into the na 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 Batman, and that ended up being the key. Um, I, I will be honest. My favorite thing was in the first issue. It was the uh, the, the Megazord. Yeah. Megazord. Yeah. 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 But it was, okay. a, it was a blast. Like, no, it wasn't yeah. anything deep or spectacular, but it was fun. No. And sometimes yeah. that's okay for a big blockbuster it, summer event. And it got me blocked by someone on Twitter, and that was great. I, you know, actually, that's actually I think the biggest problem with his Justice League is that it's just trying to be metal for 30, 40 issues <laughs> as opposed yeah, to yeah, I mean, being well, an ongoing like, properly. Yeah. The uh, fact, though, that the code word for this is death metal, as of right now, or the the working title, again should should have been new metal. No, <laughs> that should be new metal. That's that's yeah. the third one in about five years' time. Yeah, should, should have, it's should... really really bad. That that's what the 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 writer who must not be named is working hey, on. Some new metal's all right. Yeah, but not all of it. That, that was the, genre. Sa- sadly, that was my era in my early teens, so I have a, I have a fondness for a lot of new metal of that era. <laughs> I, I, I will still take Linkin Park any day right now. Yeah, Linkin Park, they they rose above the genre, right? They, they are the archetype of new metal. Matt, Matt looks like a Papa Roach fan. Are you a Papa Roach fan, Matt? <laughs> I like them. That first album in Fest is pretty great. Um, I like the first two albums. I didn't really listen to anything past that, but I like the first yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, but, but like... <laughs> You're talking corn. You're talking Limp Biscuit. Like corn. Hey, not... I really like the one corn album, uh, Untouchables by Corn, which was really different to everything else did that I really liked. I don't know, but uh... that's fine. I like okay. maybe three corn songs, and that's about music it. subjective and whatnot. Like at this point, I was listening to a really bubblegum pop punk. All right, so I can't. 
I, I, I'm not the justifier. Yeah, that, that was never my thing. Was the the, the, the pop punk? But but in, in we're talking metal genres. I will take metalcore, right? Where where you're you're taking the the hardcore speed, you know, and tempos. Is uh, I think I take new metal over hard uh, over a lot. Of, uh, I don't yeah, know how to classify some stuff. Like, what's Kill Switch Engage? That's metalcore. Okay, I like metalcore too. Then sometimes. Yeah, that's that's you know, Are Kill Switch is my bridge. Yeah. Uh, every time I die. Um, what else we got? Data Remember gets there a little bit. Mm. They meld, meld really well. Um, um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about music, damn it. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, if this was, I would be equally if they called it metalcore. Sure. Like, come on, like death metal though. Like, <laughs> I can't not smile. Say that, like, thinking that Snyder, like, I want to hug him for this. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if instead of actually putting metal on the title, they just picked like a, something that's also a band. Like they, I, I could see them calling it Iron Maiden and getting away with it because, okay, it's related to metal, but it's, you know. You know, with the way that they're going with Kendra, she could be a hot <laughs> Iron Maiden. As long as there's a giant Eddie somewhere, I'm sold. Eddie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if Eddie's the villain? Oh, yes, I need this now. <laughs> Oh jeez. Let's be real though; they'd probably sue the shit out of DC, right? We 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 can talk to Bruce Dickinson. He'll he'll yeah. sort of summon out. Do they, do, I don't know. Dickinson's a nerd for they've, World War II, right? Like he loves that type of stuff. Like yeah, they've, they've, there's an Iron Maiden comic going at the minute. No, but, I know, but like you just pitch him like we're we're gonna have you guys fight the Justice Society and think he'd be okay. So, yeah. You know? So the only thing I worry, just to bring this back around, the only thing that's kind of worrying me about like all these new things starting with five G, is that there's definitely some stuff that I don't want to end uh, that soon. Like I kind of don't want like how's it just started on Supergirl, the Conics Aquaman. I kind of I want these things to keep, and they may they may actually still keep some of these runs going. But um, th- does this mean that we're almost guaranteed for Williamson's Flash run to end uh, this summer? I'm okay with that. Well, it is early or late summer, depending on when this this new you know stopgap bit is. Um, so I mean, but that's something like you know, it's t- I mean, Tiny and I assume is still going to be on Batman, or is I, he? I don't know actually about that. Uh, is he just this, you know, is he a one year run you know just to yeah, this, fill in the gap? So a uh, little little bit of peek ahead. This feels like his hush, where he's like, "This is everything I wanted to do with Batman ever." Yeah, so he'll do, feel... he'll do it all in about twenty issues because it's double shipping, yeah. and then. That'll be it. Yep. Yeah. And that'll be it. And then we'll we'll jump to someone else. And he got his Batman story. Um, okay. As I would say in wrestling, he got his shit in. So, yeah. I I can see that. If more so the fact that I can see him jumping over to something entirely different after, uh, you know, in, in the five G era, in the sense that he's been bar barring the stuff he's been doing in in Justice League and JLD with Snyder as a as a result of that. Um, he's been kind of pigeonholed into the bat side of the universe pretty much yeah. since he started. Between you know, you know Batman backups, uh, the yeah. Talon book he did. No, nobody Fox. asked, but if if someone could follow up Williamson on Flash, and we could he could do what he did with with the team thing and put an emphasis on the Flash family, I would love tying it on Flash. Hmm. I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, like you know, sure. and and you could bring in you know uh, Avery and and Wallace and Iris and. Piper and and then if you want to add Wally and and that side once that's all fixed you know what I mean I yeah. could I could see him handling that really well after Tech and uh, Justice League Dark so but let let's get to his Batman stuff like, and, you know let's see what he's he's got up his sleeve on, t- on this you know when we're talking about oh yeah will, will there be a new Batman mm. writer 
Um, I suspect that will because one of the other rumors in this is that they will show their age a bit more. Like every Robin, oh. they, they do it through the through the guise of Robins. They'll all have actually been, you know, had the appropriate amount of years. Sure. Um, Bruce and Clark will both be around sixty years old when five G starts. Okay, I don't like they, this <laughs> because of whatever they're going to do with the timeline. I'm fine with them being, you know, early 40s-ish forever. Yeah, well, whatever they're That's... done with the timeline is Bruce and, Sue, uh, and Clark will be older. And will, you know, un- uh, because of you know, that's the only way they can explain I having think... years for, for Dick, years for Tim. I think this is fine as a, for a cycle. I'm okay with a cycle of them being older before we reset it again. And I, I just got my Superman back, Pete. He can be an older Superman, he can be Kingdom Come-esque Superman, uh, it, and it'll be it, fine. It does actually say Bruce will show it more, because... He's human. Because he's human. Superman, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Lois is like 60... <sighs> I, will say, I will say that um, if you take Daddy Oti's word here, where he says there's no plans to put things back to number one, I assume that does mean, though, when the books start for 5G later in the year... That they will continue the numbering. Like I, I suspect that might even be when they change to their legacy numbering. Like take well, their possibly. break yeah. uh, for this event and then come back with their legacy number. Assuming none of them have milestones before uh, they hit As- there. Assuming that, yes. Because uh, which I don't know if they do or not. I think Supergirl's hitting three hundred soon. I think it is. Oh, that might be one that they change for. Um, I mean, they didn't do it with Aquaman, but Aquaman was right before they started doing it. You know, it was yeah, a few months um, ago. That's fair. I mean, and, and on top of this as well, we've got things like the the stuff that Didio even confirmed this week that came out after Don't worry. these. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> was stuff like Doomsday Clock? Yeah, it's not in continuity. We just have to accept that. Um, he talked about the the delays and editorial things didn't line up the way they originally planned, and things like even you know like the pa- Maren Park Kent and the Living Alfred, those are not in continuity. Maren Park Kent are still dead. It's my continuity, damn it. Yeah. I might have to quit comics for a minute, guys. <laughs> if, if it makes you feel any better, that you know, th- th- there are other plans, I'm sure. I mean, if they, find so a way, just... if they find a way to sort of meld some of this stuff in later when they do 5G, say, when they're doing like another thing and sort of merge it I in. Know, it's then... weird where if they're doing it with the extended timeline and Clark is like 60, having Maren Park Kent dead is kind of okay. Oh, it and makes more sense. Well point right uh, yeah. right but like but now i'm thinking about who batman is and i swear if it's duke i'm going to lose it because uh, if you're putting bruce in his 60s and duke was still a robin no the the expectation is still it's luke fox that's um, still the the expectation so although for, just just for interest's sake since we're talking about what legacy numbers are right now and i've mentioned that a couple of times right so the last issue Aquaman we did was 306 right issue 55 was 306 um, where's the which, last? Which either tells me one of two things: they didn't think about it when they got to three hundred because it was just too early. Yeah. Or, or they uh, uh, three hundred isn't a big enough number that they feel ne- necessary that oh yeah, this is a big legacy number we'll switch back to. Yeah. Or three, uh, Aquaman just isn't important enough to them. Super... No, Aquaman will switch, I think. But Super Supergirl, uh, it was, it's not as close to three hundred as I thought it was. Uh, the last issue was, uh, well, today today's issue will be two six two. So these issues two six two, so uh, that would not hit three hundred before. Yeah, no, not uh, for a while. Switch. Uh, what else we got here? Yeah, Legion of Superheroes issue two was actually Legion of Superheroes issue six hundred and thirty three by my count. Uh, I, I believe it. <laughs> that that is that is a huge amount. Uh, Suicide Suicide Squad number one by Taylor was actually issue one six eight. 
so not been as many Suicide Squad. Well, the Suicide Squad, I don't think, came up until the 70s, 80s. 80s. Yeah. So, uh, 80s. And it's not been yeah. it's not been consistently running since it started either. No. There's been breaks. No, no, no. Like, honestly, the start of the New 52 till now is the most consistent Suicide Squad's ever been for yeah. having a book. Uh, yeah. There was long gaps And part of me, that. I think that's the name, right? That name's, you know, that, mm. that it's a curious name. So if you're looking at them for the first time, you're like, ooh, what's Suicide Squad? Yeah. I, I was misremembering things, but here's an interesting one. Batgirl issue last week was 197. So they're only three That's away. That's it? From, yeah, they're only three away. Which, well, because, which means we are not, the next one we get solicited will, would have been 200? Or, or have they already solicited 200? Uh, next one solicited, because well, next one's April. So February's 198, March's. 199 yeah april's gonna be 200 so we'll find out within yeah. a week or two uh yeah it's because batgirl didn't have a book until cassandra kane there was like a, a four issue mini right. and then it went into the main book and that was like 80 something issues and then the next one after that was stephanie brown and then the next one after that was new 52 so it's not you know it's not, relatively speaking still a recent thing since batgirl's had a book right uh yeah so that's actually you know just hitting 200 soon uh but I find this stuff interesting because I'm a weirdo. But you know, no, I get why it's interesting. Because you're a you're a robot and you love numbers. You're Here, Brainiac 4.0. Here's here's an interesting one. Justice League because uh, DC don't mix the titles like Marvel do with some stuff to bump up the numbers. The actual core Justice League is not even at a hundred issues yet because there was only like like a handful of issues before the New Fifty Two book. Because before that, it was always Justice League of America or JLA. It was a separate title. Yeah. So it's only at like ninety two or something right now. That's interesting. But hey, yeah. Do, do you know one more interesting thing from these rumors? Yes. It's on three Jokers. Oh. So, um, Fabak is, is currently drawing the third issue. Like it's you know they're, they're hmm. well into production on this. I'm assuming this is like anything. I'm assuming this is like three sixty or sixty page issues. I, I don't know how big they are, yeah, but we know it's three issues. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it, it's it's possible. Um, as we said, he's told there is a scene in the second book between Babs and Jason Todd that will cause waves and probably irk certain fans more than what Tom King did to Wally West and Poison Ivy combined. <laughs> if Jason and Babs get together, I quit. And and here's the thing. <laughs> if, if, if this is true, it is John's doing this as well. I... If 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 I didn't appreciate the walls in my house, I just would have put my fist through this one. <laughs> just, at, just at the mere room. I got mad. That. I got mad in the Arkham Knight video game that they had deck. Sorry, they had Babs and Tim as a couple. That pissed me off. If and they, that's at least more understandable because, you know, I see why 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 Tim and Babs could theoretically be together. I if. if but There's, i'm almost i'm almost thinking it's worse they're, though they're attracted to each other's minds. here's the thing though the way that's described to me that sounds worse than they're just a couple it sounds like something really bad happens uh but again yeah. when you compare it to wally west and poison ivy which again <laughs> but that, that's one I mean, of my favorites now, minus red hood I, oh, like God. like does jason do something to babs like i don't know like my mind's going to dark places because the, the things that he's compared it to there are so obscenely dark that I can't help but think it's worse than just oh they're a couple. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, um, but we'll find out. Maybe maybe it's nothing. Maybe he's been fed false information. It's possible. Um, you know, we 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 talk about this all the time. Grain of salt on this site. Yeah, grain of salt. Grain um, of salt. They have a 
reasonable track record i'd say maybe a 65 percent track record annoyingly this is the thing that they often get things and there's a lot of things to get wrong too but the the sources do are real places so they do end up with a lot of things they, no, they, they, they clearly know real people who know things there, there is no denying that yeah and and Sometimes I don't even think that their stories are just wrong. I think things change. Yeah, they change. They, they almost report things too early, and then stuff's still in flux. And which is why you know they're not officially reported at that time. Well, this um, this is a lot of the same when it comes to wrestling rumors. Where oh uh, sure, you know Meltzer goes, yeah, but things change, right? Like, <sighs> yeah, are you getting work? Don't work yourself don't, into a shoot, brother. Don't don't do my babs dirty. Don't please DC. No, I, I, <laughs> I've already lost two redheads, okay? Don't make me lose a third. And I'm not even counting Starfire in there. All right? That's just... Like... Maybe Dino does, because of his lack of hair, he hates redheads. You ever think about that? <laughs> Connor, you're... Don't catch his attention, man. <laughs> like, think about it, guys. Wait, is, that, is this jealousy because he wants luscious red hair? Or is I it... I don't or, know. Or is it he sees red, red hair, he sees gingers as lowering the hair totem pole in baldness. So maybe. he picks on gingers. Maybe it's a, a Lex Luthor situation. You mm-hmm. used to be ginger and, and oh, yeah. shit happened. And now he's like, no one else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll fact, you know, Connor, if you ever go bald, there'll be lots of Lex Luthor jokes uh, I, I mentioned. I can unfortunately tell you I'm never going to go bald. <laughs> Sh- shave, shave your head. Shave your head for the joke of it. Come on, do it. <laughs> that is not worth that joke. <laughs> do it, come on, be Lex. I always joke with my wife about shaving my head because she always says I have such nice hair, right? Mm-hmm. And I told that to my the lady that cuts my hair. And uh, she said, she goes, if you do that, um, I will hurt you. So yes, Connor, <laughs> don't, don't shave your head. Yeah. If you got a nice luscious mane, you should just I, I leave will it. have <laughs> thick, wiry grey hair, and it won't take that long till it's there. Wow. Just promise me when you get to that age, you will do it like Doc Brown. Just up. Get to that age. I, I, I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, like, wiry, like, thick, like, it'll come down, like, Oh. Shortish. Already... I you said wiry. I thought you meant it, it's gonna stick up and no, no, know. like really wiry is in like yeah. it's it's really like you, you can barely move it sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I have already accepted that I will look and sound like John Hammond from Jurassic Park uh, when I'm in my sixties, and that's okay. I can live yeah, with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna be grey, probably in about a decade. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for for years now because my dad started growing grey early. So uh, I've been I've been waiting for the Reed Richards temples. And I, I've been getting gray hairs for about three four years. Oh my god! I've got uh, a little bit. To me. Yeah. I've got a little bit of this sort of part of my beard, just the, where it meets my neck. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I pull them out of my my beard all the time, but I'm waiting for this because yeah. I want the cool. I, I get my... <laughs> Every I, time I, I wash I my can, hair, I like get a handful of grey hairs come out. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't have a problem with going grey. I feel like it can look dignified. Yeah. I think it looks fine. Yeah, yeah no, it, it can look dignified, yeah. but not when you're 30. <laughs> no, hey, man, I, I had a friend that was born with grey hair, like silver hair. So, and he, he dealt with that through high school. Yeah, I'm um, not worried about going grey. I've never yeah. had a problem. No, no me neither. Um, that said, I don't. I, I want to keep my red beard as long as I can. So if I could be gray on top, but with a red beard, <laughs> that's going to be well, so hair dye rad. Huh? Hair dye is your friend. Yeah, but I'm not going to die. I'm dying not being like, like my father, who started dying. Beard hair dying in his dyed the beard. Yeah, beard hair grows yeah. too fast, though. You'd see the roots within days. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, no, my. I'll never forget my dad looking like. Uh, <laughs> 
he dyed his hair and his beard the same color, and it just looked he looked like he was going undercover, <laughs> but it was like all fake. Oh man, I let him have it that I, day. I, I once knew a, a ginger who dyed his hair black. Yeah, it's a it's a big mistake because within like a week you've just got this ginger spot at the top. Anyways, would uh, you even sue it though? Because I mean, let's be honest. Ginger people tend to have a ginger face, and what I mean by that is they tend to be a bit more freckly. Uh, you, yeah. could, we tend to be able to get away with a, a pretty reasonable brown, like, because like, yeah. like my hair right now is mm-hmm. quite dark compared to what yeah. it used to be. When I was younger, it was bright red, like bright vivid. Red, yeah, that's Whereas my cousin. Now, it's it's borderline. You know, in in the right lighting, I can pass as you know, a, it's it's a, it's a brown. Uh, I can pass. pass. Like, I can pass. like a damn vampire. <laughs> 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 he tried to sneak like a, a club or something. He's like, yes, I'm not a ginger. Yeah. I have brown hair. Anyways, uh, we got other news. We're, we're going long. Oh, that, that was all the news. Yeah, we're done. Okay, I've got one last little thing. Oh, there you go. There's actual was... news, not rumors. Um, This is from uh, Murphy. He was posted on Twitter. Ooh. What's that little of... scamp up to now? Yeah. He posted an image of a Catwoman cover. He's doing for an upcoming series. He's plotting with uh, with writer Blake Northcott. Uh, it says, "Stay tuned for more details." Uh, we do not know if this is in the you know, the White Knight verse or if it's something else entirely. Yeah, it could be a Catwoman um, mini, for all we know. Yeah, the no, cover... but if this is the project that he's working on in between. Yeah, that'd be cool. The cover that he's he's, he's shown it's a uh, his own twist on the the animated series. Uh, you know, gray suit. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, with the whisker marks on the mask and. So uh, it looks good. It looks real nice. And I'll take anything Murphy puts out, especially if he's on art. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But it says he's co-plotting it with him, too. So Which is why I suspect it might yeah. be part of the White Knight verse. Okay. Um, so I had I had no idea Blake Northcott was a, was a lady because of the oh. name. Uh, yeah. So when I clicked on it, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is cool. And, and it looks in great. her um, in her Twitter bio, it actually says mm-hmm. twenty twenty Catwoman for DC Comics. So it's coming this year. At least that's oh, the so, so it's gonna be a Catwoman book there. It's a Catwoman. It many. looks it looks espionage too, judging from you it looks like drones in like a like a castle. Has there been uh, much Selena in White Knight at all? I don't remember no. if there's no. been any. To be fair, I'm looking uh-huh. at it now on, on, on her tweet about it. Uh, yeah. That's where says, I'm at. He says that, that Murphy's doing the covers too. Uh, you know, co-plotted huh. by Murphy. He's doing the covers too. Don't, so, so don't maybe he's... Kids. Yeah. But it says she's co-plotted by... It's co-plotted by uh, Murphy. Yeah. So if they're if they're writing. But yeah, what else has she worked on? Fathom, Vampirella. Okay, so this is... And it says Catwoman for DC. So maybe she's taking over from Joelle Jones. Uh... I don't know. I, I don't know why Murphy's co-plot and uh, the main Catwoman book if, if she's taken over, but... Um... I mean, maybe maybe they're co-plotting and she's the main writer, but I mean, it's not that unusual to have a, a co-writer. No, 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 I'm just wondering why he's doing it specifically. Like, you know... Like, oh, who I would get it if he's doing art, because he said in the past he only wants to draw books that he's, he's, he's got a hand in writing, but yeah. if it's just the covers, like he still does covers from time to time, I think. It's not... Yeah, but I mean, whatever. Uh, we'll see. Either way, exciting news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool, cool. Well, then that was a longer news section than I thought it was going to be. So, 
we will dive straight into the comics. Uh, we'll start off with Batman issue 86, James Tynion the fourth, writing with Tony S. Daniel. On the art, obviously, it's the start of a new run. Kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, to put it in perspective, this is the first time we've had a new Batman run since episode yeah. like one of this this podcast. <laughs> Not like maybe, it, maybe it episode is. two if you count the rebirth one. Yeah. I'd count that as the start of the run. <laughs> Oh, that, that counts. Uh, yes. But yeah, so since episode... Uh, well, actually, episode one was the rebirth. Yeah, that's, the, that's what I meant. Oh, rebirth, I, thought you meant yeah. I thought you meant Batman rebirth yeah. issue one. So, no, 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 no. So technically episode two. But yeah, there you go. Uh, so this is kind of weird. It's, it's taken this long to start a new run on Batman. But here we are. Uh, so some interesting stuff in this issue. I, I will say the one thing that... Not not negative per se, but it did sort of take me some adjusting because I've been reading King's Batman for you know years at this point. Is that oh yeah, this took longer than three minutes to read because there's lots and lots of speech bubbles in it now. <laughs> there's actual yes. dialogue sentences. But so we all know that I'm a sucker for the mid two thousand comics, right? That, that's mm-hmm. my era. Whatever the metaverse called that era. Yeah, you mean the same it. era that Tynan is a sucker for? Yeah, exactly. Me, me and Tynan are about the same age. Like we're we'd have gone to high school together. Um, yeah. And and this uh, immediately felt from from the first two pages felt like that era of Batman, and I felt comfortable because um, I when I was reading that era of Batman, I didn't dislike Batman as much as I did. Yeah, later. Matt was reading a lot right? of Batman. Don't let him pretend otherwise. Yeah, so he always uh, reads a lot of Batman. He just Ma- moans about it sometimes. Matt's read Matt's read yeah. more Batman issues than he has Superman issues. I'm calling it. That's not well. <laughs> <laughs> Just by the sheer volume, that, that's true. Yeah. Just sheer volume-wise. Now, now if, if if you take, you know, quality percentage and whatever... To be fair, you if know. you look at it, like, in, in the, the start of the New 52, there was, like, four Batman books and two Superman yeah. books. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. even so I mean, still, like, it stacks up. But, like, I hadn't become annoyed by the Batman uh, tropes yet. And um, they're here, right? But I feel Tynan handles them very well. I don't feel like it's because Batman... There's there's mm-hmm. things that at play here where uh, it feels like a culmination of different Batmans that we've had. Like there's some animated series in there. There's some movie Batman. So yeah. Um, yeah. so the yeah. gist of what's happening here is that there's a gathering of criminals of assassins in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're introduced to and it kind of you know it hates who's who's brought them here and we find out later it's Deathstroke who's brought uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a bunch Cheshire. of characters. But, but Cheshire right. brought. Okay. I'm getting out of the way first because I knew both of you guys pronounce it Cheshire. It's Cheshire, and if she's a recurring character, we're we're getting that right now. I I said I said Cheshire there. Okay, you did that time, but every other time you've ever spoken about it, you say Cheshire. It's it's Cheshire. It's just not. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I am American. I will say it. Cutter's as slack jawed as possible. A a dick about this. He 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 can't have people say what he deems it to be incorrect. I don't care, Matt. Say whatever you want. (laughs) What I deem to be incorrect. The, the correct and incorrect. Anyways, one. I am a big fan of Cheshire. So <laughs> I, when I saw her show up, I go, oh, okay, Titan, you you know the way to my heart. Uh-huh. Uh, she's such a good villain. I associate her with, with you know, the Titans runs and whatnot. Like, yeah. It's, it's good, you I haven't know? seen much of her in a while. She just popped up no. on there occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then you got, you got Merlin. You have Merlin, uh, yeah. some new guy called Gunsmith who... I could have sworn was uh, Sportmaster by oh, the way sure. he was dressed. 
So yeah, uh, so you've got this meeting and they're here for, for whatever reason. Batman eventually, you know, tracks them down and, you know, comes yeah. in and we get a lot of really cool fighting with Deathstroke and uh, the smoke pellets and all the rest of it. Meanwhile, Catwoman uh, is kind of undercover. I mean, she's still Selina. She's not pretending to be anyone else, but... Yeah, undercover. Uh, yeah, but she, she's there to actually, like, you know, spy out and, like, catch this guy uh, up to no good. Yeah, so there's... There's a, a a Wayne event that yeah. he's supposed to be at to so, meet with the mayor. So like a fundraiser um, to like build the yeah. new city skyline or whatever. Yeah. And that, that basically after the city of Bane, Wayne Wayne is it Wayne Tech Wayne Industries? What is it now? Wayne Industries, uh, I said. But yeah. Anyways, his company is is basically rebuilding Gotham, and and this is you know a fundraiser it's, for that. And I will say it's, uh, it's it's Wayne Enterprises because there's a big sign yeah. on the big splash page. Gotcha. Okay. What I will say is that I like that continuity wise, like Catwoman's still a main character and she's still like a close mm-hmm. ally. It's not like she's just disappeared or she's a villain nope. right now. Um, no. It does feel like it's it falls on. Although notably, yeah. uh, her hair's growing out. They're they're going with the the shoulder yeah. length now for Selena. Uh, yep. We change. Um, still, still that suit that I don't like from from Jones's run. Sure, but that's yeah, just, again, keeping in continuity, yeah. Well, I, I know, but it's the Batman Returns. It, it's right? kind of weird seeing Batman yeah. and Catwoman together and not having them call each other Bat and Cat now. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, uh, it's, it's, it's been so long since someone else has written them. Yeah, so, but yeah, it's, so she's she's dealing, she's doing almost like the PR that, you know, Bruce is running late, he'll be here, almost as... Yeah. I'm wondering what the cover is, if a, like, like, what is Selena Kyle's history like in the DC Universe? I don't know. Like... I assume is it, it publicly known? I assume at this part you know? she's just Bruce Wayne's girlfriend or... Right, but yeah. my point is, like, is she, like, a socialite type that, that runs in these circles? Is she, like, you know, this hard scrabble, make-it-herself type if, person? Like, are they aware of Selena Kyle? I'd, or is she, like, I don't, a Gotham figure? I don't think they're yeah. aware of her, no. But I feel like hanging out with Bruce now, she's kind of becoming yeah. a socialite, probably. <laughs> By association. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah. are they aware of her criminal past? Like, did, no. Did... no, no, I don't think yeah, so. Okay. Gotcha, uh, no. She's just like a, yeah, okay. Anyway, she catches a guy in the server room, uh, and he st- mm-hmm. basically when she catches him, he starts bubbling and bleeding from the eyes, and then this other voice comes out of his mouth in a green font, which I think leads to speculation yeah. of who's behind what's going on, right? Like, now, given all the art featuring Riddler and the green text, it, I mean, it doesn't necessarily sound exactly like Riddler. No, I, I no, wouldn't say it's, I think... it's also reminiscent of, of Cheshire, the poison she used on the, the doorman. Oh, you know? yeah, true. It is, but I think it is worth noting that, you know, especially as we had the backup in the last issue of, of Joker of Kings, and, and it's here again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got Joker, who is also, you know, got, got, got a big association with Green. Yeah, that's true. Green. That's true. It could just be Joker. Very right. Um, uh, and you've, you've got Batman talking to Lucius, and he, he, you know after he fights Deathstroke and he's kind of out of it, and you know he's all beaten. He calls Lucius Alfred, and it's kind of this yeah. sad moment. Uh, so, well, I still think the death was handled really weirdly. Um, they are treating it like a big deal now, is that we're past this, it. Yeah, this moment right here, like more emotion than than King at, at all in his issues. It was just yeah. like an um, angel, the spinoff of the hit television show, Buffer the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> minor spoilers here for, well, minor, medium spoilers here for season one of Angel. <laughs> but uh, there's a character killed off early on the season and uh, Angel calls his replacement by the old character's name uh, just sort of casually at one point and it's this really awkward moment. And it really reminded me of that. Yeah. It was basically the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, Bruce is so used to having Alfred uh, mm-hmm. on yeah. the con. 
for years um, that he just says it without even thinking. So, and so yeah, uh, and and Lucius has also created this new bat plane well, type thing. It's like a it's like a bat crab thing that turns into a plane that can fly. Yeah, it's a transformer. Say, like, yeah, and it's I, I like what Tyna did here by that you know there, there's a new Wayne campus and that they they put in a a um like a, a fully automated machine shop right that they can they can machine things right there so he gave them plans with like what earlier in the day and that lucius had this thing put together so it's not quite ready you know honestly for time. i mean given given how far we've come with 3d printers and stuff it totally makes sense yeah. at this point oh, that batman no, I, I would, that. I just, would just have like an the, automated system that could plug the designs into and just go build it <laughs> Yeah, and I, and yeah. I get that Bruce would have one of those, but I do like that Tynan put in there, like, Lucius is like, okay, but it's not really ready for people. You're not giving me time to test it. Mm. You yeah, know, so you know, if, if it was one of our defense contractors, I'd say we were about six months away from safety testing it, you know, yeah. for me to put yeah. a person inside it. And so, no, but I, but I like that. I like that he's he's telling Bruce his limits. Like, I mean, yes, you're, you're Batman, you can do all this stuff, but, you know... That probably fits You're going with, too fast. That fits with Batman's character, right? but I do kind of like the idea that mm -hmm. b because of Alfred's death, he is kind of like mm -hmm. he's on this edge right now where yep. he has he's taking risks he doesn't need to take. He's he's, he's driving himself yep. hard on a way he doesn't need to because of yeah. Alfred's death. Right. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. So uh, no. So I, what's uh, what's what's really funny is uh, me and Pete did our first episode of uh, previously in the multiverse just mm -hmm. this past week, and. We talked about that issue of uh, of Batman, and uh, and we spoke about how you know Batman's motivation about wanting to you know not you know do this so he just just to, to interject here, Detective Comics five six eight. That was the issue. There you go. And what, uh, you what, know, what we, are you we, um, all of Batman basically from post crisis. That's that's when Batman post crisis uh, okay. starts. Yeah. Is it um, Detective Comics five six eight? Yeah. So you know, we, we were talking a lot about how you know there was you know Batman had the motivation of like okay doing this so he can stop being Batman and how that's kind of not really been the case in you know modern runs for a while yeah and it's kind of weird that a lot of this issue is him going well, mm -hmm. I'm going to build the city so I don't need to be Batman yeah well that's what he talks but, uh, about it, also... it, 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 it talks about Alfred like always because Alfred always wants him to do that Alfred always wants him mm -hmm. to stop being Batman and give yeah. up and get a normal life right. and I do kind of love the idea that the motivation for him to finally maybe try and do that is Alfred's death the idea that Alfred's death makes him want to honour Alfred's wishes and try and be what Alfred always wanted for him um, now it's a little bit weird coming right after King's Run where he was kind of doing that via marriage or trying to for a while, mm -hmm. uh, so there's almost like a weird not clash, but like just a weird. This this theme. makes more sense to me though in this uh, for for yeah. Batman in that it's not just about the, you know the the personal happiness, okay, happiness yeah. that he can give up. Right. More he has succeeded uh, is is the way he's trying to go about this, right. just not in the well, way he thought originally. Well, because that's what he says at the start. He says that Alfred always said that hey, well, why don't you? not put on the cape and curl for one night and it, try and build something that'll last and not just be like a, a you know a deterrent you know try and build something that'll well, be a new safe place it, it's when people on twitter are like well if batman really wants to change gotham why doesn't he divert some of those billions that he has into fixing the city's infrastructure and and public programs and, and this like, is literally exactly what he's doing now. and it's exactly what titan's doing right is that he's having you know wayne wayne's basically redesigning Gotham, the 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 skyline, and there's a there's a little piece in the beginning where he used to doodle, where Bruce would doodle mm. in his in his case books, 
the skyline, but he would change it, and and Alfred would always call it, you know, Bruce's Gotham, or whatever it was. Again, and that kind of goes, that, that goes back to the idea of like this was something that Bruce might have his path might yeah. have led to before the idea of Batman came into yeah. you know existence. When, when you have the parents that he does and what they had done, and, so. And but I think that's it, what I think that's what makes it work though is that it's not that Alfred's deaths sort of motivate him to try and be something that just Alfred wanted to be. It's that Alfred wanted to be something that he saw in in him anyway before right. Batman. Just, he just wanted to nurture that side of him. Like yeah. even when he was Batman, you know, he talks about how he always did these like you know just random drawings of ideas of buildings mm-hmm. for Gotham. Yeah, and Alfred's like always seen as like you know we can nurture well, this side of you. And we we kind of have been there before in in different versions like. With Kingdom Come Batman, he's completely taken over Gotham, and you have the Bat Bots yeah. that, that go around. It's, it's not even or, a million miles away from like Batman Inc. In the sense of that's a that's what I was just gonna get to. Where Morrison is like, he gets to the point where he has Batman agents, and he can kind of be, you know, M from from Bond. Yeah, and yeah, and he can he can be the front facing of this as Bruce Wayne, uh, and not have to be Batman. And so I I like that concept of out of all these characters in DC, right? We talk about legacy. Batman really is the one that I don't want to say leans on it because that's not the right word. But I, I, I think it's natural. He's built for legacy. It's the, yeah, right? it's, it's like, natural because I mean, just to quote a line from Dark Knight Rises, Batman mm-hmm. could be anyone. That's the point. You can't say that about Superman. Super can't, can't be anyone nope. because you have to be a Kryptonian with superpowers. Like you right. know, uh, the Flash can't be anyone because you have to have Speed Force powers. Like, right. but the whole point of Batman is that anyone conceivably could be Batman. He's he's a symbol and and whatnot. And now that Bruce, I feel like now now minus Alfred, he's like, well, okay, I am a symbol. How am I going to make this better? And yeah. and I really like that. I really and again with with Tynan coming up on around the same time I did and reading these these books, there's a familiarity there, and it fits right into that continuity kind of super well. So yeah, it's, it's real cool. Yeah. Um- so now the motivation stuff's good. Obviously, all the assassins stuff is fun. The fight with Deathstroke is really well drawn. Uh, Toya Daniels art is really good. Oh, Mr. Man, Teeth freaked me out. Yeah, Mr. Like, Teeth's great. Like <laughs> that Tony Daniel art has his count. So his faces, I've always on women, always kind of off to me when they're mannequin esque. Um, so yeah, like his cat I, one, I, when I, we first see her, it's it's a little bit weird. I didn't have a problem with that picture. Was the the one page, the one panel even that I had the problem with is when uh, Cheshire first meets uh, Merlin, and I, yeah. I it wasn't even until she said his name that it was I knew it was Merlin because I, I was actually yeah. thinking maybe Raz <laughs> because of the uh, yeah they are they are kind of similar they're yeah. from that same neck of the woods yeah you uh, know so but like when uh, it was it was just it was a couple of the faces there just felt a bit maybe just a bit too pointy yeah. I guess is how I'd describe it it's a bit too yeah. sharp edges and, and a- but. It's a Tony Daniel thing because he, he's yeah. done this across. It is, but so the action is great. Uh, all the stuff of Batman mm-hmm. on the uh, you know on the rooftops in the rain, all that stuff looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's really I, good. I'm really sad that Tony Daniel's not the regular artist on this book, and yeah, we then have you to get have to back others. Up. Yeah, yeah, we're getting to Gellar like, March. Yeah. Now, yeah. admittedly, like, if Gellar March is only, I mean, we know he's not, but let's say he was only on these like two page backups for a while, yeah. that'd be okay. It's, it's not too fine. bad. Yeah, it's just a couple yeah. of pages at the back. No okay. Uh, I, the, the backups for the record it, it does that whole thing it's basically the opening of the Dark Knight where the henchmen have been told mm-hmm. to kill each other uh, and then the final one's killed by Joker we don't see Joker we just see these people uh, these clown henchmen um, you know you put on a roller coaster yeah set so on fire yeah they set a roller coaster <laughs> fire and then one one of them kills the two of the, the two others and then 
uh you know joker blows up the van that the last guy goes into yeah uh, so it's, it's teasing that joker's involved in a lot of this and that we're building to him uh which you know is fun I, I like the idea of making joker feel like a big deal even though arguably you know it's easy to do that now when he's used so much but i think you can in each individual run mm-hmm. um and i appreciate that it's just building to that so you'd just appreciate it more if it was a different artist yeah, oh obviously i mean gillamart sucks <laughs> but the upside though is that because they're all wearing masks for the most part in this little backup is that his art doesn't bother me as much as it normally does <laughs> it, yeah. it, no it amazes me that okay his faces are definitely the, the worst thing he does yes i like i can like some really scratchy art his i really hate even like this and it's it's like 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 scratchy i just hate it and it's it's so different to tony daniel's art as well that, mm. that, that it's jarring yeah uh, ultimately though i feel kind of refreshed on batman it's kind of nice to just be, have a new story and a new, a new feel to it um we'll see like how it holds up or how well it goes but uh it's a solid enough to start i thought yeah, I, I was really into this this first issue. Yeah. Me uh, yeah, too. All right, well, we'll read it then. Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give this a, a solid eight. Great, great start. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, Connor? I'm going to go with an 8.5, although I nearly took the 0.5 off just for March's art. <laughs> uh, I will give it a solid eight as well. I think it's a fine start. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe some of the... I, you know, I could almost sense some of that Snyder influence and some of the... Uh, uh, the narration at the start that maybe took a bit too long to explain what it was saying, but uh, uh, you know, minor, really minor. Uh, maybe that's just being used to King's really succinct, quick. I think it's burst. it's interesting because obviously he is a Snyder student, and Snyder's um, whole thing is your first page tell, sets up your entire story, mm-hmm. not just this issue, your your whole mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And you know, looking at his first page, it is all about okay, it's not meeting Batman, but yeah. Building. Uh, it's it's uh so i think it works in that context yeah it, it almost reminded me of like some of snyder's like gaysa gotham and some of that early stuff but court was talking about the say mm, it, it, yeah. it was reminding me of those things uh but now we'll see how it goes uh, and i'm definitely at the point now with tynan where i mean te- i mean snyder's had bigger highs in terms of black mirror and american vampire but like i like tynan's detective run more than anything snyder's done in years so i am very optimistic about what he's going to do with his batman run so mm-hmm. uh yeah I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so that'll take us on to Supergirl, issue 38. Jodie Hauser writing with Rachel Stott and Inaki Miranda on the art. Uh, we have a continuation of this. It's very, it is still very heavily tied in to what's going on in Batman Superman uh, with the yeah. infected stuff. And Hell Arisen. Yeah. Uh, and what's interesting here is that Batman and Superman, when they find her, because Crypto finds her, we have Crypto finding Supergirl and trying yeah. to, and just looking sad that she's kind of messed up and not, you know, Kara right. that he knows. But uh, Batman and Superman are like, hey, you know, we've got six people to deal with here and we still have the Batman who last to deal with. So let's send in someone who's super powered to try and like handle Kara and talk some sense into her. So yeah, they, yeah. they send in Wonder Woman who goes to see her at the end. Uh, Which was super cool. I, I like seeing that. Yeah, I liked it as well. I mean, you should was coming because she's on the cover, but I... Yeah. What I, what I like, though, I like the art a lot in this issue. It's not perfect. There's a couple of... There's, there's one point where Superman's face looks really chubby. So it's not perfect. Yeah. But... The action when she starts fighting Wonder Woman at the end, I thought literally the layouts were really good. Uh, there's a double page layout where she kind of punches Wonder Woman, and it kind of her falling back into the other panels actually dictates the story really well. It has a really good flow to it, uh, which well, I really like. And the expression on on infected Kara's face too mm-hmm. at the end, where so so you Wonder Woman throws the the lasso around her, right? Yeah, and and 
she wants her to basically one of the things that's going to burn the infection out of her, right? Cause it's the truth. But then we get a, 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 almost a double turn that she goes, no, this is who I always have been. And the infection just brought it out. Yeah. Of me. But seconds and later, uh, it starts to burn out of her. Yeah. Uh, and, and what, which, which I, I feels pretty telling about what, what this metal has done. Um, and, the lead up to all this too is her going to to um, Smallville because she's not going to lose this Earth like she lost Krypton. Right? Yeah, she like, wants to infect the, the people. Last issue. Yeah, she wants to infect the people of Smallville with the uh, what she's got basically. Uh, to right you know. because it's it's going to make them stronger and basically that's how you fight disease. It's almost like she's treating this as an inoculation, right? That if I infect you, then you'll be able to take whatever is coming. Um, and so that there is a bit of it that is still true to Kara. Right, so it adds to that darkness. Yeah. That... Well, the the final page, like she's she's kind of back to regular color, or even her outfits turned into Supergirl's regular color scheme, but she right. still has the spikes on it, and the hair's still yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. So she's kind of in this in between place because of the lasso. Yeah. Uh, it's very, and it kind of shows that yeah, it's like there's there's some truth to like because like, this stuff that the Joker's like toxin or whatever is preying on, it's preying on things she actually feels and manipulating them. So there is some truth in there, but it's not entirely true right. either. Is so mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, uh, so they are. It's kind of, I mean, like I do think some of the faces aren't great. I think when Wonder Woman first shows up, it's a very clean looking page. But I do think they made her like her uh, not a skirt. You know the what do you call it? They call it the you know the flaps. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically it's like a. It was, uh, I don't know the word for it, but. It, yeah, I was trying. I was trying to say that it made them too short. They were going for this sort of mini skirt look that I thought was a bit too extreme. But what I will say, but I did like the art overall though because I thought the layouts and the way the action flowed, even Crypto flying into the you know Smallville at the start, I thought that looked really good. It flows really well. So even while some of the faces uh, are a bit too cartoony and chubby for my liking, uh, the the overall feel of the art uh, works quite well. Um, and your know, voice for Supergirl is really good uh, again, which yeah. is really nice. Yep, I feel this is Kara. Like, there's no change. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. seamless, I guess you could say. So, but yeah, um, you also have the people of Smallville turn on her, call her a monster, and that's what kind of sets her over before Wonder Woman gets there to save the day. Yeah. Um, but I really am a fan of any time Wonder Woman interacts with, with Supergirl because I feel like as much as she should look up to, to Clark, she could also, there's a lot there for her to look up in Diana. Um, you know, the type of person she is. And so anytime it's out there, uh, it's real cool. I feel it was handled really well here, but you're right about the art. It is. It's, I don't, I feel it's not as solid as the last issue. Mm. I really liked it in the last issue. Um, here it's a little bit more loose. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm digging it. Uh, which is surprising because sometimes when the character changes because they're tying into an event or, or a yep. crossover, uh, it, you know, it can be really annoying. But I think that the writing's good enough to actually make it work and actually sort mm-hmm. of use it to kind of like show, okay, here's some actual real fears that Kara has and we're going to explore those yep. through this. So yep. that's real good. Well, and we'll talk about it when me and Connor get to Hawkman, but they play, Venditti plays with it well there, the infection mm. there too. So I feel like if they let the writers that are, are doing the these long-term now deal with it instead of having them pop up in like the infected one shots. It, it works better than, yeah. than just getting small pieces. So in here, Hauser's done it pretty well. Uh, it, it fits in line with what we saw with Tynan 
and Williamson in the other two books. Mm. So, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, what are you giving it, Matt? I mean, it was 7.5. Yeah, I agree with the 7.5. Uh, not to agree with you again, but... Um, yeah. Not quite as good as Batman, but still really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Solid. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, which will take us on to, and this has never been the third book before, but uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy issue five. Yeah. Uh, also, Jodie Hauser. Jodie Hauser double bill uh, this mm-hmm. week, apparently. Uh, no, I'm okay with that. Adriana uh, Milo on the art, so take it away. Um, so this is their, their Harley and Ivy's crazy journey continues uh, yeah. as they work their way now to New York where a plant they keep saying a plant creature, so they're yeah, thinking a, that a it's a siege of man. plants. Uh, so they're yeah. like, okay, it's Woodrow. And they're like, well, yeah, we're going to so have to go it, there. And so they go to get across the one of the bridges to get into Manhattan. And uh, Ivy has to work some of her magic. But as as they show up, there's a group of people that go, oh, no, it's her. And they get you know afraid. And Ivy's like, well, no, I'm, I'm here to help. And then Batwoman shows up and tries to fight ivy because of course she does it, it's a bat character and it's plants there's, going crazy there's right there's plants going crazy it's got to be ivy so you know so we get a lot of fun dialogue and banter between mm-hmm. uh, harley and batwoman which yeah harley been like hey you know we're, we're card carrying heroes now and they're like, we haven't actually got a card ship is there a union do, do we get you know, right. health insurance because we, we don't rob banks anymore so that'd be really useful yeah <laughs> so and, and just the way that Hauser writes Kate, I, I felt it, it was a little off. I felt like it, she was just writing female Bruce, but it's still uh, when it when it goes off at the end, there there is some of that sardonicness yeah, I to think Kate. When when she's getting a bit more sarcastic um, mm-hmm. and and you know a, a little bit more jokey, you know. Uh, yeah, it feels it, more it true. Does, it feels more like her. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so. As as they get into to Manhattan, there's more of these these plant creatures, and Ivy finds out that she can almost feel ones that are, are fighting Woodrow's influence, yeah, and she, she can kind of turn them. Just about get through to them, but it's like a not always going to work. Sometimes right. she might, sometimes she might not. And so she she turns one of the the plant creatures to to fight the others, which allows them to get in to save these other people. Yeah, the, that the hostages that are basically strung up with vines and stuff. Um, another another one of the hostages takes a swing at Ivy and says, "Get away from her monster!" So you're starting to wonder what what the hell's going on. Like she's legit here to help. Um, yeah. And Kate tells them, you know, if you're walking the path, you say you are good luck. It's really an easy one because she has to take these hostages now. Um, so it leaves Harvey and Ivy to to go on this on their own um and yeah there, there's some fun moments with them you know there's the, the where they grab hands because like they're showing that they're there for each other there's a little heart yeah that pops up which is Lots real of, nice yeah there's the odd jokes here you know let's go kick his grass mm-hmm. um and ivy feels something that as the the closer they get to where they need to go so she takes off and harley follows her she finds this gigantic rose. So now I'm starting to think, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had read the um, Cycle of Life and Death. I mini. did, yes. Yeah, Very so I'm good. thinking, are we getting reintroduced to to her children that, that go off at the end? 
um, really so, possible. Yeah, so for, for people that don't know, there was a, a miniseries of Poison Ivy, Cycles of Life and Death, right about Rebirth. It was early Rebirth, this, yeah. Yeah, and um, basically she finds out that, that through genetic manipulation, she can essentially clone herself um, and alter it slightly, and she ends up, for lack of a term, giving birth to three plant-based beings. Uh, and then through that, she kind of learns it's, it's this, what I really like about Ivy is yes, she's a villain, but she has a noble intention. She really wants to fix the world, but she doesn't have time to play nice. And, but through these three innocent beings, she kind of learns like, all right, well, maybe there is a middle path. Maybe I don't have to do it. I can go the, the hero path, even if I don't want to, and it's going to take longer. So I'm thinking, are we getting back? Like did something happen to one of these three kids? It's, possible my other theory was well, whenever she was regrown from the green yeah maybe yeah. she wasn't the only version that was regrown maybe there's a and kind of a good side and a bad side yeah so out of this this gigantic rose it opens up and almost as if it's venus stepping out of the shell it's poison ivy but she's all like i don't want to say flowery because it's really not but it's it's very no it elaborate is. It, um She's got like flowers growing out of her back, which give the impression of like angel wings. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very like flowing dress, like sleeves. Yeah. Um, um, it's, it's it's interesting. It's, it's really very extravagant. That's that's maybe a good the word. word for it. Regal, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and so, like Connor just said, so now now we get the point that this isn't one of the children. It wasn't what I thought it was going Un to be. Unless before. there's been some manipulation going no. on with the kid. Well, no, I definitely feel like this is the other version of her that yeah. so we, we got the version that kind of died you know in you know well we got a version that did officially die in in heroes in crisis which which we hate yeah bah, get rid but, of it uh, the whole thing of that was bringing back from the rose right so we have the this you know the the seed that the wally had, had given harley and then it's regrown from the rose and she comes up to life but then she gets the fertilizer so my whole thing is, well, what if now we have two Ivies? Like, what if the green healed the other one, too? She wasn't officially dead dead, right? Yeah. Or, and you now know, we have this one that's stronger. Plants right? tend to germinate and spread. Right? C could the seed have... Could there have been more than one, essentially? Could... could right. Yeah, okay, we planted this one, and this is our Ivy that grew, but mm -hmm. what if another one grew without any heroes there to support you? Know, no, no Harley right. or anything. To right. support her in her transition back, right. And so now, now it starts to go. Which one is the real Ivy now? Like, are they both? Because now we have the two aspects. We have the one that's trying to do good, the one that's teaming with Harley. But now we have the other one that's totally about you know, plants, New York, and plants right. for, for everything. Yeah. So and, and yeah, and so that's why if, when when we got the you know it's you that was all set up for this. This took me by surprise. Like yeah. I was fully expecting it to be Woodrow or. Yeah, the you know, it's so it kind of plays. It plays on the first read in the sense of, oh well, you know, they all know Ivy by reputation, and clearly right. there's plant shenanigans going on. They just mm -hmm. assume, like Batwoman did, that this is poison right. Ivy. Seems right. reasonable enough. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, uh, and the art just handles it all. I mean, the, the colors, tons of greens uh, uh, all throughout. It's gorgeous, uh, isn't it? Yeah, and then Kate and her red hair. Sticking out against that with with you know the paleness of Harley yeah. and then Ivy as well like it just it Mello's art is is really really good 
And ever since, you know, almost getting away from that almost cheesecakey style too, like I I appreciate. Yeah, there's like none of that in this issue. No, um, even even when this uh, I'll call her, you know, second Ivy or true Ivy, whatever this is. Even when she's revealed, it, it's very elegant and regal, uh, like Connor was saying. So modest. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really enjoying this. It, it's got off to a rough start. And and now I'm I'm. It's getting better and better. Yeah, uh, definitely. Where where the next issue goes and where it leaves one of my favorite characters, I'm definitely yeah, cued into that. Yeah, you know, the next issue is the last issue, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to see what it sets up for the future. But also, I hope it's still you know doesn't doesn't lose sense of its its humor uh, as it goes into right. just being plot for the ending. Because right, but one of my favorite jokes of of the book is in this issue where. Yeah, they've got to go into to to New mm-hmm. York, and they've got to get in there. And it's like, well, we should hit this tomorrow. So we, you know, we hit Central Park at night when the sun when the plants don't have the sun to back them up. Uh-huh. And, and I was just like, that's that's not how plants work, Harley. Yeah. But if, but if they that, did, it's a good idea, right? This whole yeah. Whole but nighttime it is anyway, and, and that's when you know she gasses the people on the the soldiers on the bridge. It's like, you know, sorry, I learned it from watching Batman. Yeah. Yeah, well, and then it, there's also the the payoff with Kate, where she tells Harley she'll send her a brochure about the union. Yeah, and she goes, "Wait, about the sense of humor? Who'd have thunk it? Unless she was." And then Ivy drags her off. She was joking. Was, she was joking. Just come yes. on. Yeah. 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 So, and then you know, like bits like when um, you know, Kate's like, you know, some, sometimes you got to jump on the grenade, uh, in terms of you know diving into the situation to save the hostages, even though they know it's a trap. Mm-hmm. And Harley's like, "Told you we should have brought grenades." Yeah. So yeah, Hauser definitely has a good voice for for these characters, um, and and now even even when the, the 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 true Ivy shows up at the end, it feels like like traditional Do you know what's Ivy. Really interesting in terms of the voices. This is uh, uh, possibly the first time I've really ever read Harley Quinn in Margot Robbie's voice. Well, yeah, I haven't read much Harley, so no, no, but I, see, I've read them. Yeah. A- most of the the uh, the the Connor and Palmiotti stuff, I've mm-hmm. read you know, a bunch yeah. of stuff before that, and it was. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll take your word for it because I haven't read much Harley. So yeah, yeah. But for yeah. me, it was always you know uh, the animated series, you know, and and, and Tara Strong's right. Arkham uh, rendition, yeah. which is again just an extension on that. Um, right. Like there's a there's a bit where you know she's going, oh, especially if he's done anything to the Shake Shack, um, and a couple of other lines where I'm like this. Completely feels like I can I can hear this in, in Margot Robbie's voice yeah. in a way that I I've never really felt with Harley before. Um, well, which, I, I I'm taking that's good. Hopefully, good in a sense that um it feels uh, consistent and uh, it feels like okay that's this version of Harley for sure. Right. Um, but it definitely feels like that's okay for me at least. Yeah, if, if it works for you, I mean again I'm I'm very like my my. Harley Quinn, for lack of a better word, fandom starts with with Sejic and Harlene. So mm. um, I'm just now not being annoyed by Harley being everywhere. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, and and this doesn't feel like Deadpool light either. This feels very much cartoony. Oh Harley. yeah, this this doesn't feel Deadpooly at all. No. So, but yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes and how it pays off and. If we're gonna get a melding of the Ivies, then that's what is gonna give her enough power to stop Woodju for now, because we know he's part of the the Injustice League Dark. Yep. And doing doing that stuff over there, but yeah, no, I, I credit to Hauser and nailing these voices with all of the characters. I mean, 
Kate was a little bit off, but towards the end there, it picks up. She got better with Kate as, as it went on. Um, mm -hmm. So I suspect just maybe, you know, just needs a little time to, to adjust yeah. with, with characters. But yeah. So uh, what you rate in this one? Um, I'm giving it another 8.5 because uh, this, yeah, this was uh, a blast. Yeah, I'm going to go with Connor here, 8.5. Uh, and I, I guess that's just proof of having, not that I had super low, you know, going into this, uh, expectations. Well, last week was uh, a bit in the, the rough, rougher yeah. overall side, right? I mean, yeah. So, so yeah, no, this this was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also, I just saw online that uh, Resident Evil Four is fifteen years old today. Oh, Who gives a shit. <laughs> I, if, if it makes Pete happy, I'm happy. Uh, so, I just, if it uh, makes Pete happy, I hate it. Fifteen well, years. I love that that James. I don't know if this was a a. In Facebook or on Twitter, but James complaining to Pete about the the Resident Evil remake. Oh, it was Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and Pete basically walking him through what he needs to do because uh, he's done it enough times. Yeah, he, was, he just knows. He was saying he hated Resident Evil too because he was he was scared and there was a man in a trench coat chasing him. <laughs> Pretty great. I love uh, it. That'll take us out to Batman and the Outsiders issue nine. Brian Edward Hill writing with Dexter Soy on the art and. This is the aftermath of the 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 school office blowing up. Which uh, this issue, because I actually, you know, I always because DC do have recap pages, and I always have this thing oh. where when I'm reading an issue, and it's usually just from the context of the first page or two, where all the last issue will come flooding back to me. And the first page of this was actually kind of confusing. I was like, "Who's this person that were, you know, this person that works with Jefferson, oh, yeah, this teacher?" No. And then. Yeah. It was it was actually before the end of the page where it just kind of clicked and went, oh wait a minute, this is the one who died last issue, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh okay, and it actually because of Roz. So when it when it you turned the page and she was like lying in the morgue and he was looking at her body, I was like, okay, that was actually quite effective. Like giving us a little bit of a like you know just a sample of her and how she you know like how close they work together and uh, yeah. their, their professional relationship. Uh, it just it made the death hit a little bit because because I think even the ending of last issue we said that it was actually quite a shocking ending because it was like oh he's, yeah. he's, he just bombed the school uh, Jefferson school right. like that was really dark and, and we hadn't gotten to know we we'd kind of we got the from from context and dialogue that this was someone that was close mm. to him and then that pays off in this first page where we see how when he started working at that school as a principal she kind of pushed him to you know. To, to do what he needed to do and never never made it easy for him and that's how they ended up with like a this really close workplace friendship and yeah and you can definitely see where his anger comes from um through this and i mean that's he what confronts batman yes yeah, the issue t t basically is that yeah. he's angry uh he's angry at batman uh you know katana tries to talk to him talk some sense into him, offers him company so that he won't be alone kind of thing uh and it's basically him talking about how you know he you know when he was growing up he like a lot of his youth was like resisting the urge to join a gang or yep. or pick up a gun or do any of this stuff and do things yep. the proper way, um and you know right now he feels like killing Raz he feels like doing something really mm -hmm. bad, uh, righteous anger and it feels like you know he he's maybe like just getting away from it and of course at the end of the issue the cliffhanger is that Shiva shows up to kind of like say hey do you want to kill Raz Al Ghul because. I'll help yeah. you with that. Uh, I don't trust her, by yeah, the way. Um, this is a double cross. Oh, no. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm calling sure. it. <laughs> um, and I also like Superman showing up to talk to, to Bruce mm. with, with how to deal with, with this situation. And because, you know, Bruce Bruce isn't happy 
with uh, with with Orphan and Duke for running off, you know, basically half cocked with this new power for Duke, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I like and Superman it, giving him. And it comes from a good, good place as well because uh, Orphan Cassie tries to say, you know, stop taking stop trying to protect us and he says yeah. never like i'm never going to stop yeah. pro- trying to protect you you're, uh, you're essentially my children i'm never going to not it, the scene um, starts off and bruce sounds kind of like an angry dickhead but honestly by the yeah. end of it even though he was still coming across as angry it felt more like sympathetic like i could kind of see yeah, he's that the angry he's dad. dad yeah he's angry dad yeah, uh, yeah. and and so you get it and i like that bruce telling him about you know black lightning's not you like you, you're gonna. He's gonna handle this differently than you would. You know, you've had a lot of practice dealing with tragedy. Mm. Um, so you kind of, kind of let him be angry. Uh, so I really like that. And again, it makes it feel like it's part of a bigger universe. You know, yeah, the, the, the Superman the, even brings up Alfred. Yeah, Superman brings up Alfred, and then uh, Bruce references the fact that Superman doesn't have a secret identity anymore. He says, "You just told everyone who you are." Uh, right. So. Uh, he kind of throws that in his face like hey you know you're going to regret that soon probably so don't come running to me yeah. when you need that fixed uh, right. so, I, so I like that part of it yeah I like that it's just really yeah. deeply in continuity um, yeah but that's basically the issue uh, you know it's continuing the story Dexter Science Art is very good uh, yep. I, I really like, like Superman yeah yeah um, anything in the shadows especially you know, that, that, I mean I think my favourite page of the book is definitely uh, Jefferson at the morgue looking down at the body that yeah. page two is really good but likewise yeah. at the end when he's like sitting in the dark apartment on his own and then shiva shows up like all that stuff looks great yeah um also the, the conversation with with katana i thought that was handled with the art very well too mm. um kind of very cinematic where she's like you know i walked that path i had no problems killing but you're not me so think about this before you go down my way uh and i just thought the art handled that really well you know the, the you know the wide shots and whatnot. Yeah, for an issue with oh, yeah. like basically no action, there's like there's like one moment mm-hmm. with Duke and Cass where they're taking out like a mugger uh, before Batman comes mm-hmm. to talk to them. But other than that, it is an issue of talking heads, and it never suffers for that art wise. Like the art is no. c- consistently giving these really nice images to, to kind of mm-hmm. chew on, um, and that's the thing I, I don't need there to be action in comic books like it like is, no. it, it just needs to look good <laughs> it doesn't really matter what they're doing as long as it's interesting yeah. and, uh, and creates an atmosphere and a mood and goes with whatever the story is then I'm on board mm-hmm. and I think this issue is an example of that uh, so yeah solid uh, what are you giving it Matt? I'm going to give this an 8 yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like I need more of a scale around this part of the the, the ten point system because I feel like there's a because this is yeah this is around that level as well but I feel like I need to differentiate between some of the but I also give it I've matched Matt in every score yeah. so far I don't like it it's yeah. too it's too similar <laughs> but uh, it, yeah it doesn't feel right going down a half point it doesn't feel going up right no. up a half point so I, I, I talking about it I was like is it a seven point five no because the art's too strong and the character interactions are way too strong but. It's also not quite an 8.5, you know, doesn't put out that level that I thought. Yeah, yeah. Harley and Ivy was at, so, yeah. So, you know, that's what it is. Uh, no, but that's, it's... Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the book. Batman the Outsiders issue 9. Uh, not a whole lot to say. Very, very simple, quick issue, but, it, uh, yeah. you know, do, doing what it used to do in uh, a very solid manner. Uh, that'll mm-hmm. take us on to Hawkman number 20, Robert Vendetti writing with Fernando Pissarin on the art. So, 
Uh, I got another brick. Off you yeah, go. we should mention yes. that Saren is the new regular artist on the book. Oh, oh Matt, Matt, mate, Matt, mate. Yeah. Um, Venditti was tweeting about it earlier in the week, saying, you know, this is the, the new ongoing art team. Nothing nothing against Viserion. I like Viserion, but I was really digging uh, Olaf on this I, book. I think it's interesting. I think Olaf really worked for that Shadow Realms story. True. And, um, and you know, and even when we came out, what we were doing with Sky Tyrant, it still worked. I think now we're getting back more into the space archaeology yeah. stuff. Yeah. This works better. That, that's true. I just I like a leaf. So, you know. Um, and I don't like change. We, we've established yeah. on this. I mean, we so. can expect this for, at the very least, this arc, if not longer now. No, and it, and it fits. But Saren fits because this feels very, again, mid-2000s with the Ran Thanagar stuff. Like... Yeah, because uh, we open on Ran uh, yeah. in, in one of the, the previous Hawkman lives. So I want to give Venditti the utmost credit, not just because he's become one of my favorite writers, right? The the creativity in the names to give Carter Hall and and the one here for the Rainian version, I was like, ah, oh, you did it again. Yeah, Katarthal, but all one yeah. word. Katarthal. Um, uh, I, I also love there's there's a panio earlier because this is you know he's he's Iranian he's got the the jetpack and but, he's he's dying, yep. And he's sat there and, and it's a panel of him kind of falling to the ground throwing the jetpack down. Yep. And all the caption says is it's strange. And obviously you know it, it feels like a nice little shout out reference to, to, to Adam. To Adam, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you have the jetpack, but he also works like the Rocketeer, which can't be a, not an accident. No, not at no. all. So and he's fighting this so. I want, like, I don't know if the market could sustain a second Hawkman book, but I want Tales from the Journal, right? I, what I want is, once this book ends, and it will, uh -huh. eventually, yeah. just give us minis of Tales from the Journal. You know, I uh, want this one, because when he's fighting this this death cult on Ran that have these, these uh, it's not quite a pike, but what's it when you have a... Basically, a long blade on a, on a staff. I believe it's a glaive, although okay. blades are usually more of a curved blade. But I suppose yeah. this is relatively curved. Yeah, whatever it is, I want more of this death cult. Like, yeah, and, we get and that basically, name. Um, they're it's a we clergy, so they're they're some type. Yeah, I I didn't think you know clergy was the name of the organization, but no. clergy is in you know as in uh, you know religion. No, I I know that. That's why I was looking but, for the name. Yeah, but it says we clergy or legion. And I just the idea that they're all these these bald dudes. Oh, there we go. Oh, the, the, you know, the, the, we do get it. The, the dread clergy. The dread clergy. So there we go. Yeah. Um, give me more of this, and I want some of the ancient Egypt stuff, and I want the the Nighthawk in in uh, the old west. Like you want it all. Yes, I want I want more of of Kara's teacher Katar Ol from yeah from Krypton. Like, anyways, it's just straight a, a really strong start where. They have him cornered, he's dying, and they're not going to get the journal because it's too important. So he he shoots his jetpack and blows them all up with him. And I'm like, oh, that's that's so rad. Yeah, uh, and, and that's when we cut to uh, yep. Sky Tyrant, who's on the, the ship that he, mm -hmm. that he had uh, from the end of last issue. Yep. And you know, we've still got Hawkman there in the ghost form, you know, right. kind of watching him and talking to him. But he's, he's reading this journal. Of all the, the you know the past lives, and uh, we also get the um, how how he got infected by the Batman who laughs, which yeah. 
I felt it would have been a little bit too reaching, but I like where it goes here because it explains, you know, how how Sky Tyrant got uh, got brought out, you know, and yeah. now it's not just it's not just this was a a persona waiting to jump. The infection gave him the an, uh, the power to take over, which also begs the question: We know he he reincarnates over time and space. Yes, and we know Sky Tyrant's the Earth three version of him. Yep. So, on each of these Earths, are there an infinite number that have been yes reincarnated? So there's a dark version of Katarthol on on Earth three. I, I think there might well be yeah. right, which again has completely changed Hawkman. Where why did it take this long for someone to be like, yeah, they're all true, all of his lives, they happen concurrently because of this point with Qatar Deathbringer. It's, you know, it works so well. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but so we, we see he gets infected, but he was in mid fight with this, what looks like a bank robbery that he didn't notice. Yeah. Cause it's just a small little nick on his, on his yep. arm. And Which it, is all it takes. Yeah. Yep. And, and it was, you know, he was the first one he did because he knew that, you know, his, his, uh, his body would be able to fight it longer because of the, mm-hmm. the nth metal. Right. Because he's, he's so used to the nth metal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so um, he just wants to take over and he's going to, you know, help Batman who laughs because he wants to kill as many people as possible to so prevent. Sure, he keeps reincarnating. Yep. And and yeah, I like and again, I like that, too, that Hawkman trying to do all these virtuous things to and save as many lives to, you know, to counterbalance that. But no, Sky Tyrant's like, nah, man, we're going to keep on this train as long as we can. Yeah. Uh, and and we get confirmation that um, Adam is is riding along. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, on the sh- on the ship, and he's with Kendra. Um, you know, they're working together to try to fix this, which which I do like. Again, anytime you build out a supporting cast, that's why I like DC Comics so much. Is that you can you have these strong casts around. Oh, absolutely, and you know it, they're all kind of in there, and and it's just ticking along and yeah i think the, the implication is um adam isn't just in the ship he's no. inside hawkman's uh, yeah that's, body. That's, that's what i mean he's he's on in his atom ship that yeah. the technology is used for the hawkman um microverse ship right yes and it um, looks like he was in like the brain but i don't yeah. like, like with the way it was drawn with the squiggles yeah. but I'm not no he is concerned. so I, i'm like he's on on that side lobe and it because yeah. it goes out you know, from from there. So yeah, he's he's on Carter, and so they land on a on a planet where it's a planet of giants, and there's a statue of a dead, or I don't know if dead or if it just fell of a Hawkman. That's just I, massive. I'm going to say dead because of the way he's holding the mace. Um, yeah, that's what I thought too. A statue would be more triumphant usually, right. uh, whereas uh, this is more of a mausoleum. Right, and so. Yeah, here we start getting to those pulp elements that I loved at the beginning of this, right? Because yeah, he finds he finds a doorway at a gym. Pulp uh-huh. marks the spot. There's a little symbol there. Mm-hmm. No spirit adventure. Which one of you hid one here? They made it way too easy, but but it's not that easy because as soon as they open that door, um, a Hulkman <laughs> shows up. A gigantic because the key is too big, and yeah, um, a, a a a what do they call it? A Hawk Titan. Titan Hawk. Yeah. Titan um, 
and that this is not a reincarnation. This is a legacy of of this Hawkman. Yeah. Right? So this family um, who have you know on this planet worshipped this this mm-hmm. Titan Hawk, and basically you know they were protecting this this mausoleum, whatever you know this, right. the, the, this tomb. the key, the tomb, mm-hmm. and. The idea is, you know, they, they they hand down the armor to each other, but you know, and, and always protect it. Uh, yeah. But he, they are not any reincarnation. They are they are no. just uh, a, a family who right. respected it. But yeah, uh, so so we get we're gonna get a fight in the next issue between this giant uh, hawk. giant hawk titan versus sky tyrant um, with Carter trying to pull the strings, but um, Kendra goes to, to a spot to try to contact somebody and uh, she reaches out and she tries to get to Adam Strange. So yeah. says Hawkman's in trouble. What are we waiting for? Let's go. Which, which so makes I, the, the opening feel like a real nice setup with the, mm-hmm. the, the Ran stuff. Um, right. Because at, at the start, you know, it didn't matter that it was Ran. It was just, oh, it was a nice little reference to Strange right. uh, with the dialogue or narration as it is. But it was more about right. setting up this uh, this cult and the diary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the key uh right. so it worked fine and then oh no we're actually bringing adam strange into this because of course we are well of course uh, we are and, and you have that that complex relationship with thanagar and ran and you have yeah. kendra who you know is leading thanagar right now and thanagar prime reaching out to those ancient enemies on ran to for the you know to help carter out and so i always love when these guys team up and it just it also makes the death of hawkman stick out yeah, you know, that mini that we all read. Um, well, I don't know if Pete finished it, but I know me and you did. Yeah. So, uh, oh, did, no. did we actually establish if this was Kendra or or that version of Shayera? When I say I, I didn't mean Kendra, I meant Shayera. Yeah. Um, Hold on. It is, what, what, yeah. what did I not finish or finish maybe? Uh, did, uh, the Death of Hawkman. Oh, yeah, I read all that. Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay, I couldn't remember if you quit or not. Um, but no, yeah, I meant to say Shayera, not, yeah. not Kendra. It's, it's, it's confusing because they kind of the same person they they are the same person but they're not one's an ant but not really because this yeah. shayera is from uh this shayera is from thanagar yeah while kendra's aunt was kendra saunders yeah who is a partner of carter hall in the 40s who somehow that's where the hawkman gets messy oh. and i just can't think about it that's where it gets messy is it yeah <laughs> well because now with all the it's actually pretty straightforward at the minute yeah, because it, it's yes, they're all the same ones, but now you start putting Kendra and Shayera and Kendra Saunders in there. Yeah. Where's Kendra Saunders the one that is now? I can't remember. Um Yeah, I I think this might be Kendra Saunders. Alright, I'm looking this up real quick. Yeah. But um I'm looking up either Hawkwoman. So that's my weeks. Well my blind spot in Hawkman is Hawkwoman, just because when I first read Hawkman it was the John stuff. Where he was uh, yeah. creeping on Kendra, and she's like, "Yeah, oh, you're a gross old man. I don't care what yeah. you say that I'm your reincarnated lover." You know, like, yeah, um, pretty much. But anyways, this is a fantastic book still, and I still can't believe like, like, Vendetta's become one of my favorite writers. Uh, yeah, after. I can't either. I can't believe this is like low key one of my favorite books. Um, uh-huh. uh, and you know, you talk about you know you missing Olaf. As, as much as I loved Olaf on that arc. He could not have pulled off this this double page spread of the 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 Hawk Titan, uh, I, that giant you know yeah dwarfing footstep and it looks it looks immense and 
Uh, Passerin does a fantastic job with it here. And I don't think Alif could have pulled off this sort of look for for this planet. No, no, that's what I get. I, I like Alif, so the only guy we got to Passerin, I got like not sad, but like all right. But no, Passerin just kills it. Like yeah, Titan Hawk, come on, Rainian, uh, Rainian Hawkman, yes please. Oh, just... So yeah, and it's just everything's so clean and and yeah, no. So so what you rating this one? Uh, this is a nine. I, yeah, I love this issue. It. I was going to give it a 9-2. It was the one that I knew I was giving a 9-2. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and just real quick, so it's it, it was Sharon Hall was the 40s that was that Kendra's reincarnated of. Yes. So, oh. yeah, it's Sharon, which is close to Shara, and that they're they're related through Carter Hall and, the Sa- and Speed Saunders. Their families got together. So, yeah. It, That's not confusing at all. Not at all. So, yeah. Well, there's Kendra Saunders, Kendra Hall, Shiara Hall, Shiara Saunders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hawkman and Hawk Girl slash woman is a continuity. They, uh... they can't even agree on if it's Hawk Girl or Hawk Woman. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that will take us on then uh, to Young Justice number 12, Brian Michael Bendis, rating with John Timms on the art. Uh, a couple of different things going on here. Superboy gets sucked into another world, of course. Warlords there. Yep. And there's dinosaurs. There's dinosaurs, and yes. If I ever was going to have Connor more endeared to me, he says he doesn't like fighting dinosaurs because it's like kicking a puppy. Come on. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I, I did. Okay. I mean, and that little fight scene was was fun, especially since it gave me a break from the fifty word balloons on almost every yeah, other page. Yeah. So, <laughs> we both really like Bendis. Yes. Um, we both have been enjoying what's going on at Wonder Comics. This just felt like, all right, it's time to bring all these characters together. Well, and if you're thing- not reading the other books. Here's your introduction and why you need to know them. Yeah, my, my, I mean, I actually think a lot of the dialogue in this was really good, but because we had all of Young yeah. Justice plus Wonder Twins plus Miguel and Summer from Dial H for Hero, yep. and they were all quick-talking constantly. And Naomi. And Naomi, of course, yeah. And because they're all quick-talking yeah. constantly, there was pages in this 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 book that, that you know, like, the surface area of a page should still always be, like, at least two-thirds art versus one-third it, words. And yeah. this was the opposite. This was, <laughs> there was so much your, your text land, in some of these pages. Your Penis is definitely not managing his landscape very well here. <laughs> like, it's, it's in terms of art, like Before we started recording, you know, yeah. we were like, okay, how long we got? Uh, Pete said he's just had this left to read with about 15 minutes to, to go. And which, goes, oh, he'll, he'll be on time. Yeah, which, is, which I, I normally would. And even, even and, with Young Justice, I would normally be fine in that 15-minute period. I was admittedly running slightly late. And about, you know, Five minutes for a say, all right, I've still got the two Hill House books to read. And I still finished both of those before Pete finished this. Yeah. Page, um, page, no, that's not going to happen. But I was going to show you how many bubbles were on page two. Page two is pretty. I mean, I can get that on the Comixology uh, preview, I imagine. True, yeah, you can, yeah. I'm going to go and see just how, how bad it seems to be. Yeah, page two was rough. Uh, oh, God damn it. I, I, I tried to skim towards the end, but I went into the Amethyst preview instead of the page I went to go <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, like, there's a page just towards the end where it's, like, six really, you know, wide horizontal panels of, like, just... There's, like, nine characters going across each panel, and there's just so many little bubbles going across. So this was just an example of... Sometimes less is a little bit more. <laughs> Holy shit. This, this is why I don't like Bendis. 
It's not usually well, that, this bad. That, the problem is they all sound the same when I read them. Uh, anyway, so basically, uh, Kelly, Teen Lantern, and and Wonder Girl go to the Hall of Justice to get the Justice League's help. They're not there, though. They're away on a mission, so the Wonder Twins let them in. Uh, don't believe them at first. Bart shows up as well. Um, <laughs> he went, where did he go? He went uh, to get donuts to in get Portland. Donuts. It took all day because there was a line, yes. which... I love that you could tap into the Speed Force as much as you want, but you get a line at a, at a popular restaurant. Because I'm assuming it's Voodoo Donuts in Portland, which is like famous for their crazy donuts and whatnot. Sure. Um, right. And so, yeah. What took so long? There, there was a line. Um, I love Bart. I need more Bart Allen in my life. Because uh, then we get the payoff with the Wonder Twins and, and the code in the uh, Hall of Justice. Yeah, he's – Their code – given to them by Superman's not working. Yeah, whereas his flash code is working for everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah, there's a lot I mean there's a lot of good banner in here. There's like a lot yeah. of like uh like in fact when they realize Bart's not there, someone says, you know, like where's Bart? And someone goes, "Yeah, where is Bart?" And I could you know, I could, yeah. I could I could I could feel the delivery of the line because it really fit, fit really well into the, the it's, scene. It's too quiet. Where's Bart? Yeah. Uh, that's the vibe I got. And then when they try and open the portal at the end to see if, like, oh, Superman's going to come out, it ends up being Miguel and Summer. Oh, Superman, sorry, yeah. Superboy. I meant to say cool. Superboy. Uh, uh, and it's like, okay, well, we have to deal with Star Labs because at one point in uh, the, the Hall of Justice, the Wonder Twins call this shady Star Labs doctor and yeah, she straight up lies and says Naomi yep. was causing trouble and our powers were, you know, yep. messing with them. Uh, and, you know, Wonder Girl and Core, like, off, off panel, like, listening to this, going, this is just lies. Like, that's, none of this happened. Uh, so at the end of the book it's basically everyone gearing up to go and like deal with Star Labs and Miguel punches in you know the dial dials H for yep. hero and he basically becomes Spider-Man uh, at the end he's web swinging yeah. at the end of the issue you, with everyone else like Bendis you funny guy you like, know uh, if I even says at the bottom next time uh, Wonder Comics activate and I'm like that's just Avengers Assemble much shittier sound <laughs> or it's Wonder Twin Powers activate well, yeah, but that's not what it says. It says Wonder <laughs> Comics. Right. Like Wonder Twins powers activate, so Wonder Comics activate. I'm uh, sure that's what the, I guess. closer than Avengers Assemble. Well, well, I was getting... <laughs> well, I just saw Spider-Man, all right? I was thinking Avengers. I, you. And, and, I mean, the layup's there, but all right, you take you take the three. That's yeah. fine. Uh, um, but, you know, and it's like straight up Spider-Man webbing and he's like, yeah. you know, spinning. Uh I mean, and there's lots of little good bits of dialogue. Obviously, I hate Drake's costume still and the name Drake. Yeah, <laughs> but but I love what's going on here where he's trying to reach um, Steph mm. and it won't go through. Uh, so I wonder still what's going on there with her. Uh, the Star Labs stuff, they're still shady. And this just made me wonder why Venice picked Star Labs. Is it because they're a more noticeable name? Because... This this has got Cadmus written all over it. Like mm. I, I was thinking from the time I read this book, probably on Thursday, um, to now is you know Cadmus created Superboy. So if there's someone that wants him out of the, the picture, that just feels more as a longtime DC reader like Cadmus than than Star Labs. But I mean, Bendis has his story, and I trust in him, so that that's fine. But mm. yeah, um, and. and Drake, you know, and, and Jenny interacting about her her birthright and all of that stuff. I, I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, because uh, Tim offers like, hey, Batman could probably take all that voodoo crap off you and like, you know, store it and dispose of it. And he's like, nah, it's my responsibility. I can't really give it up. And he's like, I get that. Uh, 
And oh, I'm going to sneeze. Sorry. Uh oh. Oh. Uh, there it is. Um. But like, uh, you know, they're talking about okay. It's, it was like she did like a magic spell. No, it was like fire and magic gun. And it's like, well, is there a difference? And you know, yeah. Uh, right, let's see if this works because I, I turned the brightness down. <laughs> look at all those! Look at all those bubbles! Yeah, it's just bubbles, bubbles, bubbles across all those this, panels. This is nuts. It was one of those two. I was trying to read on my lunch, and my coworker was like trying to talk to me. I'm like, I, I got to get this right, man. This is this is <laughs> taking me longer than than it should. You know, usually at lunch I can get one red and still socialize, but yeah, that's this t- took some focus. Yeah, that's took <laughs> like 20, 25 minutes to read, which for a modern, regular-sized issue comic is actually nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. M- most single issues these days take about 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, like Connor said, it, it, as as layered and detailed as Dollhouse Family is, it still took me half the time to read that uh, as, as this. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But uh, that said, though, you know, they're, they're, everyone's together they're going to go off to, to fight yeah. star labs and hopefully get connor back uh that is the that's the thing and connor's all upset it, I, I liked him pointing this out because he's like oh my yep. god i'm in a different like you know place yep. again and he says that he's especially sad because he was found like he was stuck in gym world right. for so long and his friends actually did find him and he's, he's just immediately right. been thrown back somewhere else and it's kind of weighing on him a little bit this this kind of like yep. not again sort of attitude uh, and i like that that made sense to mm-hmm. me so. Well, yeah, too. Yeah, a lot of good character moments in this one, which Bendis—he's great at. We all know this. Uh, the stuff with Naomi, and I was finding out that the end of her book and the stuff that happened in action, and now this, are all within the span of like thirty-six hours. Yeah, yeah. Because she she says she only got her powers like two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then she, you know, the Wonder Twins are like, oh, that's that's the girl that Superman and Batman brought here, you know. So it's tying into all of that stuff. And I, and I feel like this is a great way to use Naomi when her book's in – not in limbo, but when we're waiting for the next volume of hers to come out, mm. her next adventure. This is a fun way to to have us not forget she's a character instead of just putting her on the, the back burner. Uh, and again, it's a, it's establishing a timeline and how – I'm sure we'll see Superman revealing himself in one of these issues, you know, as oh, his sure. identity. Not revealing himself like that. He's not a perv. But, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, giving it a secret identity, I'm sure we'll see where that fits into this timeline. And um, But yeah, so if you're reading it, all of them, it pays off. It weirdly made me want to go back and read Dial H because of, but then I remember it's not Bendis, it's Humphreys. So That's right, there's even a reference, uh, which and I've not read the last few issues, I only knew this because of Connor yeah. talking about it last week, yeah. uh, but there's a reference to him looking like Superboy uh, from like yeah. uh, last issue of Dial H, because he mentioned, because yeah. one of them says, oh, you know, we're expecting Superboy, uh, or something like that, and he says, oh, yeah, uh, well, I was kind of one, or something like that. You know, yeah, he, he, references, he references that he was a Superboy, punky-looking Superboy, recently. Yeah, the other two was Drake talking about how he's used... The, the hero dial before, right? Yeah. Is that Tim Drake? Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering if when that happens. So if you guys know, viewers slash listeners, or if that's just something Bennis is throwing out there. Um, oh, I'm sure it's happened. I don't happened. remember Tim Drake ever using the hero dial. It's probably happened. I bet he's pulling this from some miniseries from somewhere. Oh, find this out. 1997, March. Legends of Dials number four. I don't know. Uh... All right, uh, that's basically Young Justice. Uh, fine issue, just too wordy. Uh, places has to kill down a little bit. Uh, what are you giving it, Matt? 
Uh, I'm going to give this one 7.5. Like, the art's great, but it was a lot wordy, and it, and it almost just felt like a, hey, look at Wonder Comics. You guys should go check these out. Mm. Um, so, But it's still enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7. Um, it would be higher. I think that, yeah, it was just a little bit too heavy on the on the dialogue. Uh, and obviously, and that's on Bendis' own scale, because I accept that Bendis has got more dialogue than most writers, but uh, this issue was particularly wordy. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so 7 out of 10 for me. Uh, all right. That'll take us on to Daphne Byrne, issue 1. Uh, Laura Marks writing with Kelly Jones on the art. This is uh, another new number one from the Hill House Comics line of DC Black Label, just to be confusing and have a label within a label. But, uh, you know, it all makes sense. Uh, this is... This is about a, a mother and daughter, the daughter being Daphne Byrne, specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, you know, the father is out of the picture, he's died, uh, and the mother goes to a medium... Um, mm-hmm. and we get a sense of the character of Daphne Byrne and that she's a very cynical child who, when she's taken to the medium with her mother, basically, as soon as they get outside, she's like, that was bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I made up that story and they bought it hook, line, and sinker. Yep. Uh, plus, Regulus is not in Orion's belt. So when, when she had said that, I was like, Regulus is not in Orion's belt. This is... And then you find out that, oh no, that was yeah, that was her point. It's, but also, it's, well, it's not that she is skeptical of like an afterlife of some sort because yeah, she does visit her father's grave kept... and talk to him and hope he yeah and talks to him about what happened at, at school and whatnot yeah um but yeah um it's set in 1886 there's a lot of stuff with Daphne Byrne at school and she gets a lot of crap from uh, a school bully um mm-hmm. uh, they, they make fun of her for like staring off out of space and all the rest of it now she is a bit creepy though she does cut off the head of a doll so I mean she does have a bit of a creepy kid yeah. vibe and going. she's into geology Yep, because she she's telling them cool facts about rocks, and you know when she's at her dad's grave, so, she's like, "Oh, you like see, check rocks. check check stick rocks." I, I've been telling Connor this. Cool <laughs> facts about rocks is never a sentence. Bullcrap. <laughs> this is this is a limestone. Cross- limestone is is flipping dead crustaceans compressed into. <laughs> that's not cool. This is this is a, a crossover conversation with a recent review of Lost in Space season two because there was a uh, whole thing in that with uh, the kid impressing a girl with these uh, rock knowledge. Well, that kid and me park our cars in the same garage. <laughs> um, this the line igneous rocks are like frozen fire. Yes, come on. Oh jeez. Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, so they have this kind of say odds. Uh, Daft doesn't really believe it. It's a whole thing. Um, and then the conclusion of the book, she has these like, nightmares where she goes, she's in the, the, the graveyard with her father's grave uh, and there's like spirits talking to her um, her father even and she's kind of lured, it was kind of reminding me of Dollhouse Family, it kind of, it, it wasn't all that dissimilar to Dollhouse Family trying to lure the people out of the black room, you know it felt kind of similar yeah, to that to not, me not as gripping this is the first Hill House book that I'm kind of like uh, okay yeah, this I was. I, I, yeah. yeah, I wasn't super in love. With it. I mean, I didn't Which, dislike it either. It was kind of fine. No, I'm sure it'll read great in trade, and we have the full story, mm. right? But month to month, I don't know. Um, it feels properly creepy, like with with that dream that she has, and they go to the secret. You know, the group has a secret ritual, and they make her kill the pig because it has to have a sacrifice. Yeah, in the dream, yeah, and then she wakes up in bed. The final page is her waking up in bed, and she's got blood in her hands. Right. Um, um, which... But I, I remember when this book got announced, this is the one that was kind of like, 
okay, a cult, that's cool, but the name did not, yeah. Daphne Byrne did not move books to me, you know, like yeah. the other ones did. I, I do also um, think there's kind of, uh, the, the last page with the blood in their hands, I think there's also kind of, uh, cause, because of her age, I think there is meant to be kind of a, there could be. A, a visual here or a, like yeah. a, a parallel to, you know, a girl having her first period, like because she's yeah, in her bed if, and she's got blood in her hands. I, I think there's right, meant... If, well, yeah, too. That's, uh, that's something I want to point out. The problem with the art is that her age feels really inconsistent. Yeah, sure. sometimes like, she looks like an eight-year-old. And yeah, she looks. She she ranges anywhere between like yeah. ten and eighteen uh, right. to, to my eyes <laughs> in, this, in, in various panels in yeah, this book. And is this the same Kelly Jones that did those Batman's that I don't like with the long ass ears? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of the art. I just didn't know if that was a coincidence. It was the same Kelly Jones. Um. But uh, but no, I, and this, if her name was Rachel instead of Daphne, I'm like, oh, this is Victorian Raven, right? I'm getting Raven vibes. <laughs> like, mm. like the fact that like, you get the creepy guy that's like, oh no, she's chosen. Like, I, I yeah. feel like that's Trigon, right? And he like, talks about, oh, because you, you, she has always my father here and goes, oh, you know yeah. who your real father is? Yeah, like I'm getting Raven vibes, huge, which I'll, I'll check out the second issue, right? It's Hill House, like... But I'm not that excited like I was after Lolo Woods, where we had the discussion that pulled me back in. Yeah, I, I think um, this is definitely the weakest of the, the books so far. I will say, though, I mean, I, I don't want to be too bad in the art, actually, because as well I agree that the age is inconsistent. I um, think it has a good tone. Yeah, I, th- I, mean, I think, I, I think yeah. it, it fits the, the mood that it's going for, this book. I, I think immediately, like, those heavy shadows, like, those, there's no there's no gradient to the shadows. These heavy, harsh, like, thick shadows really... They, they, uh, they the... don't feel like they're shadows they feel like they're solid yeah i think yeah, yeah. no i get that i just kelly jones is it, again art subjective and whatnot i don't dig it but it does match the book you know i just yeah the age yeah. was all over the place too I was don't like, get me wrong if she... You, she, she, i mean kelly jones it's, it's a 90s style it looks very 90s yeah, yeah. So... i don't hate the art at all i say i think the the only thing i really dislike is the the inconsistent look of the age um the rest of it, I think, really suits the book. Uh, it's it's got a great mood to it. Um, like even like you know the the big thick lips with all the heavy shadows on the lips, you know, works in this book. Mm. It's uh yeah. It also it was a quick 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 read. It wasn't overly. I mean, this was like a fresh uh, between this and Young Justice. This was like the opposite was, end. This was yeah. So I had very a, brisk. I had to wait. Yeah, I had to wait uh, to give my dog her medicine because we have to keep it in a cycle before I went to the movies last night. This was a nice kill time i read it real quick uh before i gave me auger medicine so i was glad i didn't have to put it back down and then pick it back up before mm. i went to the movies it, you mm. know so speedy read so again i'm gonna check out the second issue the second issue is more of of this where it feels you know i might just wait till it's done and let's know what you guys if you guys keep going um which sucks because i, I want to support hell house as much as i can um, yeah but like, i mean so far this is the only one out of this is the Fourth yeah. one, I think. Fourth, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and we've been really in on all the rest yeah, of them. Well, so, I mean, we'll talk about Dollhouse Family. Um, so, when we get there. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it, I think, for this book. So, I think we can, yeah. re- okay. we can read it. Cool. Uh, what, what are you giving it, Matt? I'm going to give it a seven. Connor? Six. Yeah, I'll give it a six. Uh, so... All right, then 5.5, because i got to go lower than you guys. <laughs> Wait, what? You you are seven. You are higher than us. <laughs> yes, but I didn't like it as much as you guys. You see how that works? <laughs> All right, so I'll give it a six point five then. Boom. <laughs> Keep the ratings consistent with me. 
dear. Alright, final book of the week there is Dollhouse Family Issue 3, Mike Carey writing with Peter Gross on the art. Uh, and this one has a lot of time jumps actually, because we we jump to Alice uh, and as a college age uh, person. Yeah. And she even, even mentioned she's a little bit older than most of the other college kids, so she's a little bit yep. older than that even. Yeah. Um, she, she had to adjust to life and it seems like her new family that adopted her, it's treated her well, right? It, it like, seemed to work out, yeah. yeah. To yeah, be fair, and, like and, the- the opening of this issue is that narration saying, you know, oh, it goes faster now. Days, months, years, they run by me yeah. like a river. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she, you know, she has this one night stand with a guy, which may not have been a one night stand, but his condom falls off. And despite the fact right. that she goes to the doctor and tries to get, you know, oh. morning after pill and whatever, like she still ends up, and obviously I'm thinking this is supernatural, right? Like that, there's some, a reason for something yeah. wants this kid to be born. Like they're determined uh, for, for right. the offspring. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because jump... she even has the the diaphragm there mm-hmm. too. So like, she was taking precautions, right? She's she's gonna become a veterinarian. That's what she's at school for. And, yeah. Uh, and we we jump yeah. ahead to when her kid's maybe like eight years old, and now she's got a little mm-hmm. little girl, and she's having a play date with this other mom, and yeah. uh, we see that she, you know, the 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 daughter like has one of the dolls from the dollhouse, and she she's yeah. just, and she sees the house, and she's like, no, stay away from her, and she's like, hey, don't talk to anyone. If that house talks to you, like, because. You know, she knows what it did to her and what it tried to make her do. So she's yep. been very specific about what she's asking. Yeah, cord cordwainer shows up and and yeah. Yeah. Um, so I will say the ending of this issue. Obviously, we'll go back and talk about the the, the flashback stuff. But the end of yeah. this issue is super dark. There's, there's a page yeah. uh, towards. It's, it's after like uh, what was the character that like, sort of appears from the house uh, and leaves? Jenny. 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 Yeah. So Jenny appears and leaves and goes to. You know, this uh, basically an incel, an extremist incel uh, who's on his computer talking about interracial relationships, which is and not, not yeah, not just an incel, a racist incel. Like, are, are, we're gonna, we're, are, are a lot of incels racist? I feel that not not by I, definition. Though. Okay, yeah, sure. By definition, in, in, incels yeah. are by by definition anti-woman, not necessarily right. okay, okay. racist. Right. But, this guy has the added caveat. They, they, he's like they, insult they, plus. But they do fit together quite well. Like, I, I, I'm a, a sure lot. there is a significant overlap. Yeah, I'm just I, saying I, there is not a necessity. The yeah, type those... of the type of person that's an incel is also fairly likely to also be a racist dick. I mean, that's yeah. They're not. They're yeah. not healthy people. Yeah. It's just you know they, they need to talk to somebody to deal with their issues, but they don't because they feel they have the internet and, and they can you know. Because we, I, see... I would suspect though that even you know if if there is a lot of overlap most incels are not as intensely racist as this. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I I, took this up as this guy was just mainly racist. Like, he was a hard-on, like, yeah. he's, the, the what he's talking about when Jenny appears to her, you know, is, that to me strikes more hardcore racist than incel, but I'm also... I was getting both, it, but I mean... It, I yeah, <laughs> now that you mention it, like, that Venn diagram almost overlaps. He's, I mean, right? he like, he he's saying that uh, if a black man and a white woman have sex, then it's always rape, and both of them should go to prison. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, no. like he's saying these extreme things, and he's also got a lot of like like 
like you know various things you know ar- let's just call it arson related uh <laughs> like equipment yeah because jenny's uh, like oh you've already had the idea so this is the black room yeah reaching out to to you know corrupt him so so we're waiting now we're waiting yeah. to see well, okay what is jenny convincing him to do exactly you know what was oh. the plan here and the end of the issue is that okay her car won't start to take her kid to school so she's like okay we have to get the bus and they go to the bus and when they're on the bus this guy shows up with a, a bomb strapped to his chest uh, and calls her a, ge- a gender, not gender, sorry, a race traitor, and yep. blows up the bus. It is a super dark ending. This is a terrorist yeah. attack at the end to kill. Yeah. You know. a, mis- a, a misogynator, which I, in our current culture, the fact that I knew what that was and I've heard that word before this, it upsets me, right? Because yeah. that's where we're at in 2020. Um, and this also, this being set in what, 2005? like yeah yeah means i feel like we're it, going to it, to catch up with the daughter at some point yeah it, it ties it, this ties into because it because it skipped to 1998 which is when she's like a college age you know person right? yeah uh, that's when we have the one night stand yeah, yeah. um and in 2005 i mean just to remind you the the actual bus bombings that happened in london was 2005 it was july 2005 oh, shoot. yeah so this was very intentionally chosen so oh shoot i didn't even realize that yeah so that's a really like i remember hearing about those but i don't i didn't know the year uh, they're still a pretty big deal over here yeah well i as they should be it's a terrorist attack right like you know um but yeah wow that's pretty ballsy yeah so this is a super dark ending um you know we see alice like clutching her daughter try to shoulder but i mean it's a bomb and this feels like retaliation because alice basically told the house no and the house is like hey i you know i I, i've I've offered you twice the third time is going to be the charm and like well, let's kill the daughter, but not her. And the way they're going to get her to agree to go in the house and like give herself over is like, hey, we'll bring the daughter back if you come in. Is that yeah, is that where this is going? Yeah. Uh, I, super dark. No, because remember that it gets rid of the 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 parents. That's how this curse almost works. So I feel like by taking the parent, mm. now it's going to work on her daughter. What happens you know, then? Though, well, what happens though if the daughter then gives herself over? Then there's no child. Well, no, but you can continue the line. Yeah, they have to continue the line. So how does the line continue if the daughter gives herself over? But then how would it work if Alice had gone in there? That's what I'm saying. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Matt's asking if if Alice had gone in as a kid and they got what they wanted, surely that would have been the end of the line. Well, that's what what I'm saying. How did they get new victims if they... Because seemingly they're taking from the same, you know, lineage. Right, the whole time. So how how did they get more victims if they get what they want and the kid goes in the house? I don't don't know. That's what I'm asking. We're asking the same thing, damn it. Maybe maybe they move on to the next branch of the family. You know, there's... Right, because... Sure. This was long enough ago that there's probably some pretty healthy, you know cousins second cousins however you know but presumably if they get what they want every time they ask then eventually they're going to they're going to get everyone and there'll be no more tree well, <laughs> well maybe that's the, the aim maybe, maybe oh, they're sure. collecting them for a reason you know, maybe there's something oh, they yeah. need them for rather oh, than just to in, get them in the flashbacks we see that the you know they're putting the mother to rest and the dad wants nothing to do with the kid that's been born and we see Cordwainer as a child later but um in this, the 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 other um, what's it called um, surveyor is like, yeah, we have to give them all English names and whatnot. And uh, he asks him about the cave. He goes, no, that that cave's not there, man. We went back and looked, and we don't know what the hell that was about. It's not there. So I think his name's Joseph. Goes mm. goes back, 
and ends up running into this this devil, right? Um, and and she kind of just hints at this is the you know this is what she was brought about on this earth to do, right? Yeah. The narration also says this is his last night on earth uh, before right. he goes in. Uh, and um, it's worth mentioning, uh, you know, he he like he does not treat his son uh, well uh, because no. you know, because because his he wife died and you know and and the birth childbirth. Uh, he he like refers to him as that. He never says him right. or whatever. Like he's right. always he's, he's he's completely awful to him and, constantly. Yeah, and we see Cordwainer the inventor that we've hinted at from yeah. from the dollhouse because even as a kid he is creating these devices and falling out of trees and. And whatnot, and uh, so we see that, and we also see that a a what looks like a priest attacks Joseph with a with a what we think what I thought was like a holy item, um, and I'm not even gonna try to pronounce what this is. Yeah, like it's it, some it, Gaelic. Term. Yeah, it burns the kid's hand, and it's like, well, this right. specific material, or at least a specific symbol, hurts whatever right. he comes from. So, he, and, it, and it's. It, yeah. So that's, part, that's a, partly a, why he wants to go back to the cave because he thinks he can maybe find more of this metal, find so it, kill them, or you know, right. whatever. So I'm thinking this is the same thing that brought whatever these are to Earth, and that's what it's made out of. Because they talk about that metal only being found in that one location, and whatnot. Yeah, that stands to reason. Right, and and you know, but yeah, so it's super dark with the dad. Like it's definitely hinting that he wants to kill the son, which we know doesn't happen though because where's where's that factor with the dollhouse right we know he enters the black room because he's one of the figures that alice had met you know along with peggy o and and the rest yeah. of them so where does this all fit in and how how does alice fit in and i just i and i really love this book i got uh, from from those back things and uh from the the flashbacks to seeing the demon fully embrace like a demon with the with the, the wings the the wings and the the leg the goat the, legs the goat yeah. legs and the tail yeah, yeah. and you're like oh also, man also obviously there's a lot of sexual stuff in this book between the sex in the cave and the sex in this issue and the idea of offspring uh, yep. did anyone else notice when he was walking out of the cave at the end towards the end it looked like he was walking out of the vagina it was very H.R. Giger yeah uh, a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And so very, very intentional yeah and and I feel like there's that's the underlying like of this book is lineage and about breaking out of what you think is a family curse, right? And sometimes it has a way of pulling you back in. And at one but, point, uh, Demon Lady's even just talking to the celestial being. She's just having a casual yeah. chat with it <laughs> earlier yeah. in the flashback. Is they tell him to yeah. shut up? You know, like what do you even know? Like there's yeah. this relationship there. Like man, if. I don't know if they have the same deal, you know, that yeah, Joe the, Hill and Stephen King with Netflix. Right. I'd love to see a Netflix mini of this. I mean, what my question is, is did the demon lady come down with Celestial, or is it just was hap- she there? Yeah, is it a happenstance like, that he just kind of landed where she was trapped or something like that? Yeah. You know, what's going on? Or she, he trapped her there? It's like interesting, you know, because it's, there. you know, she says, you know, they've got to keep each other company, just the two of right. them, until the end of time. Right. Um, so, you know, and, and she does not like that um no but yeah but, no. but again no. she accuses him of or it of shutting her in the cave mm-hmm. um so. she can't leave but humans can come and go right if, if she wants them to yeah you almost, yeah. Out. yeah you almost get the yeah. idea that like 
the celestial is actually a good being of some kind that is trapping right. her there because she's dangerous or she's evil or, right. or whatever. Which, right, which that that plays into the like the Cthulhu mythos where mm. there might be good beings to counterbalance the old ones, you know. And so, is this one of those type of situations where like, what if? What if the celestial falling to Earth was like the ending of a battle where it right. kind of took her down with them and it was like a sacrificial thing where I can take her with me and keep her trapped right. uh, or right. something like that? I don't know. Possible. Yeah. I'm really no, intrigued. I'm, I'm... Yeah, I'm digging this a lot. Like, do we know if Tim has read this? I, I know he, he's I, reading Basket, but I should I, ask him. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's waiting for the trade because. Yeah. I, I this is definitely his type of thing. Yeah. 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 It seems like his type of thing. Um, but no, this I like this and basketball heads are, are like I think easily what? I was gonna say got really interesting by switching to relatively speaking modern day now. You know, yeah. we're in the you know, the two thousands, it's uh, definitely the the, the, the we're, we're closest got, to modern we've got in any yeah, of these books. We're gonna be more or less present day by the time it ends, I assume. Right. Well yeah, I, I can I see so. in the next issue us jumping ahead. If assuming the daughter survives, mm. right. I can see by the end of the next issue us being roughly present you know she's gotta be what six or seven in in this issue yeah well she was she was conceived in in 98. uh 98 and that's, this is oh five that's assume, she's six or seven yeah that's assume she's born in 99 so she would be 21 if we end up in 2020 yeah, yeah. So I can see us jumping ahead to around this. Maybe, oh, maybe, God. You know. People born in eight are 21 now, or turning 21 yeah. this year. God damn, we're yeah. getting old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember listening, I forget what show it was, but uh, the the host, it was on a podcast when they would do live shows, and the, the, the audience ran young. He goes, I'm going to bum everybody else out in this room. What year were you born? And someone goes, 2002. And it was like, oh, my God. I was in high school then. You, uh, actually, this is the thing. I, I I didn't even play this game, but this this fact weirded me out. That uh, a couple of years ago, we got to a point where it had been longer since Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out than it had been since the eighties when Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out. Like we're actually like, good lord. <laughs> like when that came out, they were closer to the eighties than we are to that game coming out now. Uh, which just which just shows like how quicker time passes for you as you go older. Like you time, know, time is a fickle beast. Yeah, like I think when you're young, like the eighties seemed like you know ages ago to me when I was a kid. Man, flipping two thousand and ten feels like ages ago, and then you're like, no, it's actually not. Yeah, yeah. now the eighties like, is ages ago. It is yeah. now, but it like like everything since two thousand feels like it was recent to me. Everything. Yeah. That, yeah. No, that's that's kind of why I said this here. Yeah. You know, it's two thousand five. I go, oh yeah, this is modern and. 15 years. It's 15 years, exactly. But in, <laughs> yeah. in context, it, it feels modern, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, I might have made score, I think. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. But anyway, uh, so that's a, a dollhouse family, issue, yeah. issue three. Uh, yeah, that dress of stuff, uh, you know? Um, I don't know what else to say, Matt? Would you want to give it? <laughs> no, I'm gonna give this a nine as well. This, is, this is really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed this issue. Connor, uh, I'm gonna go with a eight point five. I'll give it the point five. I'm gonna go with eight. The the art's not necessarily as much for me as uh, like basketball heads art is, for example. So yeah, uh, not not as much to my taste. Although I do think it fits what it's doing. Uh, so yeah, I'll give it a straight eight. Uh, but there you go. Uh, so that takes us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week. We pick our favourite yeah. panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books. So that's what we're going to do. 
and I didn't get diamond up in advance so that I could look at covers. So I'm going to try and do that now as I you fool. ask the first question. Matt, what was your favorite panel slash moment? Shoot. I knew it was coming to me. Yeah. The moist <laughs> first. But I don't know if I have... Um... Hmm. No, I'll give it to, I'll give it to Hawkman. The, the, the reveal of the Titan Hawk. That was rad. That was super cool. I like that a lot. That's fair, Connor. Uh, I'm going to go with the single panel of uh, Batman in the rain in uh, after he realizes that Alfred's not there. Yeah, that was just uh, that, that one panel is fantastic. That's probably one of the best emotional beats of mm-hmm. of the week. Uh, I'm going to go with Batman downstairs. I'm going to go with the uh, the morgue, uh, that second page with Jefferson. That's good too. Uh, I, I thought that was really well done. For, for a character that we'd barely met, I thought it did a really good job of giving you Jefferson's yeah. shock that this 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 type of evil had infected his world. Like He's always been Black Lightning, sure, but he's never had to deal with the League of Assassins and Ra's al Ghul nope. and all this shit. Mm. This was like extreme for him, so I like that. Uh, best cover of the week, Matt. I get to go first again? Mm-hmm. Jerk. Um, the Batman and the Outsiders cover is really good. Uh, the variant with Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, That's pretty nice. Yeah. I do like the the Harley and Ivy, but the caveat is that the two covers that join up. Uh, to be like fair, that, that. it is one image just split in two. It so. is. It is. Um, what stupid thing? There's a Matina Batman it's... variant with Deathstroke yeah. on the Batmobile. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not too shabby. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it to... A, it's not a standout week for covers, is it? It's not. I'm going to give it to the Batman Outsiders variant. There was a lot, of, jo- there was a lot of things that thumbnail-sized I thought looked promising, but they weren't as perfect as I was hoping yeah. when I clicked so, on them. look, look at the mm. Supergirl one. Yeah. In a thumbnail, I think she's carrying a championship belt. <laughs> and then I click on it, and I'm like, what is this? And it's someone over her shoulder. Yeah. Right? Like a bank uh, robber. Because that's, that's one that I clicked on because it looked promising from the thumbnail, yeah. as did both uh, Dollhouse family covers. But, and both of them yeah. are good, but not, neither one was quite no, as perfect as, yeah. as I was hoping. Same with Young Justice. They're both super, like, noisy. Mm. There's a lot going on on all of them. So... I think I'm going to have to go with the regular Daphne Byrne cover. Uh, while it wasn't necessarily the best uh, Hellhouse book issue one, um, I think that cover is super atmospheric and moody uh, with the, the creepy, like, bald-headed figure like, with his hand on the, the girl's face. If, if I were to walk past that poster at the movie theater, I would keep walking past. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that in my, my cover of the week. Connor, what's yours? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the, the, the Middleton, Harley and Ivy um okay Jewel there you go. sure because it's you know for, for, for whatever reason they split over two but it's basically a wraparound cover that mm-hmm. they were dicks about so i'm counting it as well uh, i want to give a shout out to the catwoman variant because i just clicked on it it's uh it's not art germ but it's, it's e mcdonald doing an art germ style cover and it's a really pretty cover i, I do like it. the way the lighting works on yeah that. it's a shame the, that, that no one's reading it isn't it yeah all the purples and pinks uh sort of coloring on that is beautiful so i just wanted mm-hmm. to give that a shout all right, cool. Uh, best art of the week, Connor. Um, I'm, oh man, I've got three books that I really like the art in between mm-hmm. uh, Batman, Harley and Ivy, and uh, Hawkman. I think the art in all three of those is top quality. But remember, um, you pick Batman, you're also picking Gilla March. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Uh, yeah. That's a fair point. And do you know what? In looking at the issue as a whole, those two pages mean I can't pick it. Yeah. Uh, over not over the other two, which are consistent through their uh, whole mm-hmm. issue. Um, 
I'm gonna give it to to Hawkman actually. Uh, I think it's it's uh, it's great. Hmm. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm close to giving it to Batman, and I, I don't even necessarily mind the fact that there's those two pages at the end. I can just ignore those and just look at the, the Daniel stuff. But I do think that I'm going to go with Batman: The Outsiders for Dexter Soy instead. Uh, it just inches it out for me. I think, uh, Matt. So, so I had my narrow down to three as well, and it was, it's Hawkman, Batman: Outsiders, and Harley and Ivy. Um, Dexter Soy is real good, but Pacerin on on Hawkman. So I told that about Oleaf just to set a tone. But I, I gotta be honest, Pacerians is the best this week. Who, who? Which was your other one, Connor? You had, you had Batman and yeah, Harley and Ivy. Okay, and and Hawkman. Just checking. Yeah. Mm. All right, so top five of the week, Matt. Go. All right, top five. Number one is Hawkman. Number two is Harley and Ivy. No, number two is Dollhouse Family. Number three is Harley and Ivy. Four is Batman Outsiders, and five is Batman. Okay, Connor. Yeah, I had a really strong week this this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, three eight point fives and a nine. Uh, my five books, so I can't complain, um, especially after last week's. But uh, Hawkman at one, Batman two, Harley and Ivy three, Dollhouse Family four, and then Daphne Byrne, which is still good. It's just it, it's notably the weaker book. Yeah. I still gave that a seven. Um, George, I didn't have a as strong. I had a very consistent week. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I had a lot of like I had a lot of seven and eights, which is good, which is fine. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with a week like that. Uh, it makes it harder to do the ranking though, because I don't have like a set like because sometimes like okay, if I've rated one book a nine, that's obviously number one. If I've rated you know like I don't have that, I have to kind of really properly think about this as I'm looking at them now. Um, so I will go number one, Batman. Number two. Batman there, Sarah's number three, Dollhouse Family, number four, Supergirl, and number five, Young Justice. There you go. That's my top five. Uh, so, there you go. It may just quite different because I didn't read Hawkman or uh, Harley and Ivy, which both featured very heavily on your two uh, top yeah. fives. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, that is uh, our top fives for this week, uh, which will lead me to tell you what's coming next week on the show uh, on episode 190 getting eerily close to that 200 mark uh so coming up next week we have aquaman 56 we have batman's grave issue 4 uh there is the the flash 86 we have flash forward issue 5 i know matt's going to be reading that uh we got freedom fighters issue 12 so that's ending next week uh so that's cool uh he-man the masters universe number three is out from dc next week uh justice league odyssey 17 uh, Legion of Superheroes number three, The Low Low Woods issue two. We have uh, Lucifer 16 is out, Nightwing 68 is out. Uh, the Question, The Deaths of Vic Sage issue two is out, so that's cool. Uh, Excited uh, for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of these sneak up on me because it's, because of every two months, it's like, oh, I, I, it's been yeah. long enough that I've forgotten that that's a thing. And also, then it surprises I thought that me. was a three issue book, but it's four. It's, yeah, uh, I remember. Yeah, four. That was part of the news we talked about. They, they moved uh, from three to four. Hmm. I don't remember that at all. Maybe I was missing that week. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh, uh, Jimmy Olsen, number seven, is out next week. And Teen Titans, 38. So, uh, another weird week. Uh, honestly, look, this weird, like, you know, oversized week three last month and then the way that we've had, like, an extra week this month, it's really shook up what the, the set order is for each week of the books. Yeah. Uh, very do, odd. Do you know something really shit about uh, Flash Forward? Mm-hmm. Well, all these kids are in that book. 
Uh, oh, I knew that. Shut up, Connor. I knew that. I'd heard that. Uh, yeah, well, I'm ruining it for Matt because I, I had to learn that. Well, and, and... Last week when you were talking about the uh, multiverse uh, where they were the, the alternate Earth where they're mixed. Oh, the, in the H style, yeah. Yeah, and and they found out that... that... <laughs> was Lightspeed in that book or no? Because uh, I was trying to figure out remember. who she was a mix of. But but it's not. It's just the the writer who must not be named wanting to put Linda Park in Flash Powers. Uh, I mean, so she's she factors heavily in I guess in Flash Forward. So that was her first appearance. So, okay. Yeah, it, it's a mix of if you if you don't can't put it together. It's it's Godspeed and Linda Park with Flash Powers. Mm. So of course, who didn't put that together? Yeah. Yeah, obviously. A, that book makes me so mad because it's something I do want to read, but then I look at the creative team and I just, can't. I cannot. Yeah, I can't. You just can't. If can't it was one up. or the other, I could, but both of them? Are you? I'll get flashbacks to, to other books that they did together, and I don't like that. Of course not. Uh, so there you go. That is uh, that is basically the show. That is Cards from the Multiverse 189. Uh, got a couple of things to tell you about, of course. Uh, it's a really good time to uh, remind you that we just started a new show it's on the same feed and it's also on the youtube page of course uh me and connor started previously in the multiverse which is going to be every other week and it has us talking about uh past runs of dc where we're going to work through them an issue at a time uh so issue one or episode one sorry uh, started uh, this past week uh it's good feedback so far on twitter uh, and in the comments so please do give it a try and see if you're you're into it uh, there will be a patreon vote for the sixth book that we'll be, be talking about on that uh very soon at the five dollar tier and up so speaking of patreon though let me thank our patreon producers uh for the month so thank you to david short allison and fortis uh cindy palacious and tyler hess so that is uh, our Patreon producers, which means they are Patreon at the twenty dollar tier or up. Uh, but you can, of course, be join us on patreoncom TV for as little as one dollar per month and get bonuses, you get outtakes and uh, cut content. Although me and Matt didn't actually talk about wrestling yet. Uh, no, I guess we're skipping a week. Uh, uh, throw it in here towards the end, like we did last time. Yeah, we can just talk about it I after. Mean, I, can, I can just head off. You yeah. can just leave. Yeah. You yeah. guys chat wrestling without yeah. me. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. Although... Hey, before you go, i got to ask you about some movies real quick. So. Okay. All right, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> so let me finish the outro. Uh, finish the outro. So, yeah, so check us out on Patreon. It obviously supports us, as does, of course, liking, subscribing, digging the bell on YouTube for notifications, sharing us on social media, rating the audio podcast and Apple Podcasts. More people find us that way. Give us five stars, all that stuff. All of that helps. Uh, but, yeah, so let us know what you thought of the books and the comments and all that jazz. Get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. Uh, and that's about it uh, and also I'll just once again plug our top 50 movies of the decade which is all three of us plus the other people from Mail Fuzz TV uh, part one just went up on YouTube and that is an edited together show but everyone's given their own top 50 picks uh, five picks per person per episode it'll be a 10 part series uh, and that just started going out so go and have a look at that but that is uh, that is the show that is episode 189 so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep reading DC Comics guys and remember to never get lost and the Speed Force.